welcome to episode 410 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is wearing a black shirt. He is wearing a black hat. He is wearing black headphones. He is sporting his facial hair that he has sported for as long as I have known him. And I have known him since 1984. We were both interning at the United Nations. Uh, we were both fetuses, which makes this story very complicated. It's Russell John the Fisherman. Hi, I, you didn't you didn't mention I have a button up. You do well because I was looking at you and I didn't see the way my yeah. peripheral is uh, looking at you. I the microphone and the computer. I can't see the buttons, but if I get a proper posture going i can yeah. it's one of the few is this one of your two button-up shirts that you have in your possession i think i have three uh two flannels in that one uh two that fit <laughs> that's how i remember them that's this is your larry david shirt uh, dude, that's dude, how i would call it this thing's too fucking big it's a big shirt it's yeah it's too big how but, would how would that shirt look on randy michael stat uh like a sleeping bag probably yeah what's up <laughs> No, but I've you know I've thought about no, it. No, Randy put that shirt on with some Jinko jeans. That would be <laughs> sick. With like a bell bottom flare. And then we give him a basketball and he does that trick where he throws it around a in his shirt. Basketball. No, a hacky sack. No, we give him a basketball. He puts it in his <laughs> shirt and then he slaps the basketball around <laughs> and it goes around his body and then pops out the side. Did you ever do that? Uh no. I haven't done that since I've had a belly. And I've had a belly since nineteen eighty four <laughs> when I met you at the UN. Is there is there you without a belly? Yeah. Really? Is, is there proof? Yeah. When you were you in a jersey? I imagine you were warm in a bench. Yeah, correct. Okay. The all all year so far, four for four. So what the fuck? What happened? Life. <laughs> what happened with you? I don't know. You know, you know what's funny? Hey, what's this glass house <laughs> thing that we're throwing no, no, stones no. from? Hey, I was never tiny. <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, saying it was tiny, but yeah. like. You know, in my fighting days, it was you know one seventy five, and we were trim and we were doing things. You know, when I when I was pretending to be a skater, I think I weighed one eighty five, which was the and I was still overweight by ten pounds according to the BMI. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's an outdated system anyway. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, that's why I'm like Papa Joe Rogan says so. Did you have a different kind of? Were you active all the time? In the youth, yes, uh, to a degree. You know, you don't look bad now. I should say that. Oh, I disagree, but thank you. I'm wearing um, black. It's very slimming. Right up top, if you want to join the secret club again, we do have a Discord where uh, Robbie Smith, good friend, family, he's family. We love him. Uh, he broke the golden rule, which is we're supposed to tease our audience with cool shit all the time and then never deliver, like how we talked about <laughs> doing video for two years. Yeah. Um, well, the new thing is that on the Discord, I'm always like, oh, we're going to do a live stream. We'll just show all the shit that we can't put anywhere else. And part of that was all of the uh, videos we've been in from Randy's video, Jasadi's video, East Bay cinematographer, Terrell's video for the 48 hour film fest and uh, Clark's video that he shot with Robbie. And Robbie just went ahead and dumped that video in the discord. Oh, and no. I, said, I said, dude, you broke the golden rule. You're, you're supposed to tease this shit forever. And he said, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's fine. But uh, you look a lot better than you did in that video. <laughs> <laughs> I when when was. What did he drop in there? Uh, the the edited like short one. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, it's not bad. I like it. I like that. Show. Wait, didn't you watch it on the bald. VHS? No, he didn't include it on that. 
No. In that VHS uh, short film. No, I'm not, I'm not VHS worthy, but you know, I will say in my, uh, I, I bring up this video a lot because I constantly think about you monologuing about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't even remember while shaving your head. I remembered it differently. You're actually, yes. you're, you're talking. I remembered it as like a Harmony Corinne VO, but you're actually talking to yourself in the mirror. And I think the artistic implication is something different than I was uh, looking for. It's still, it's funny though. Yeah, I couldn't wrap my head around anything that was happening. It was good. No, it's, it's, um, I'd like to see the feature of that movie. Again, if you want to be in the Discord. He said, he said he'll do it. I know he did. What would that be like? I honestly, I think you got to put on some weight. What are you talking about? I am the current, my current weight is the current <laughs> episode number. <laughs> no, 410. No, um, but again, if you want to be in that Discord to and watch Yuma. the video, uh, just DM one of us. Uh, I'm not going to run through our Instagram handles or whatever. Just get in contact. I'll, I'll let you in. Discord is a uh, nefarious <laughs> site. By the way, um, as you know, we are peak uh, college baseball season. And uh, I just want to say this, that I, this anytime that I know that I can, I can, uh, there's a few crossover things that happen between, you know, this world that we occupy, that we're all, you know, strong pillars of the community in. And then we all have other different worlds that we don't, uh, you know, I don't connect with the D and D world. Mm -hmm. I don't connect with whatever Randy's weird experimentation shit he's (laughs) into. And I got my, I got my baseball, but there's a few things that could bring us all together. We have a baseball player named Carson Pato, our announcer, who is uh, very old, and he has been the voice of my life. He is the only announcer we've ever had, and I've heard him for every game that I've ever listened to for my life. So I'm very familiar with his voice. He only refers to him as the initials CP. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) And it creeps me out every time he says it because I know he knows he doesn't know what that means. Yeah, he's very regional too. That's right. Because I was trying to Google him while you were talking, and uh, I don't think I found him. Look, can I ask you a question? Uh, how how do you spell Pato? P A T O. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> P- <laughs> well, okay. it's P A E T O E. You know, I um, that's what I was talking to. But whenever Google offers. <laughs> something it's just you just go with it it's taught me that carson potato yeah especially when you're kind of um challenged in the uh oh dude i gotta show you my mom has been cleaning out a lot of shit and she brought me a uh thing i had written in like fucking fifth grade oh boy oh i was really getting fast and loose with the english language (laughs) i gotta show you how i was constructing some words yeah boy I'd, I'd love to see. I it. have a memory in fifth grade. Uh, it was a portable class. <laughs> and I don't know why that was very important, but it always felt like, you know, we were rejected from the school. And uh, I remember staying at late with a, well, my teacher was named Mr. Leonard. And I remember a conversation he had with my mom where she's like, he's a smart boy. Spelling, it's not going to be a problem in the future. They're going to have computers do that for you. <laughs> and I just remember feeling so empowered by that. And then I read that thing that I wrote in fifth grade. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> he was so kind. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dude, it was bad. 
<laughs> and, and it was bad too because my mom was. Yeah, sh- but has it improved? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, computers, he was right. <laughs> That's true. Like, as is uh, proved by Peyto, uh, I, you know, I just, I'm like, Google's clearly. Uh, it's CP. Okay, I'm sorry. CP. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you talk about throwing stones in a glass house. That all came up because I made fun of my sister who in third grade wrote something. I'm like, oh, cool. I made fun of it. And then, yeah, yeah I'm never getting out of that. <laughs> there no. you go. I know. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I derail you so bad? You're not going to intro Randy or Oxon? No, we introduced uh, Randy Michael Sant. And now it's time. Yeah, we, to did. <laughs> we did. We <laughs> did. We did. Briefly. Three- but yeah, we did. Yeah. Oksana, hello. Hi. <laughs> Oksana Valerinova Osachi. See, dude, you pissed her off already. Me? I'm fine. Konnichi- you came in hot right there. Konnichiwa, Oksana. Uh, Zdrasvati. Whoa. That was in Japanese. <laughs> no. I spoke Japanese. She spoke. I don't know. She just uh, enchanted a spell. <laughs> it's a the- gypsy spell. Evil Russian language. <laughs> <laughs> Are Russians gypsies? Is that a thing? Yeah, I'm sure. Where do gypsies come from? Also, can I say that? What I don't. What is a gypsy? Randy, tell me the history. I no, no idea, actually. That's oh, yeah. a uh, good, good question. <laughs> he clammed up really quick. Right Why don't there. we bring in Borat? Borat, come on in. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Do you know what a gypsy is? What was that A&A show? My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding? You remember I, that thing? I think my um <laughs> my knowledge of gypsies really comes from a Sam Raimi film where I believe one put a hex on a banker. Oh, <laughs> I've been meaning to rewatch that for like it's a good. Year. Drag me to hell. It's it been holds a long up. time since I've watched it. You know, watching a movie like that, which is truly like it revels in being a horror film, and just the hate it got at the time. Yeah, did man. it? Yeah, dude. People, I remember um John- the PG thirteen thing. Back when I used to read a lot about like horror news and shit, which I don't anymore, but I remember John Squires tweeting. Oh, God, from the I'm, guitar company. I'm, I'm cringing right now. Um, he he was tweeting, "Great, now he's never gonna make another movie because you all kept piling on it." Because people did not like Drag Me to Hell when it came out. I think that movie holds up. It's, it's very fantastic. Good. Yeah, because it. Uh, let me tell you something. It delivered on its promise. Oh, it did. <laughs> So and Which, we don't always get that here. No, and in America, put massacre in your title, and you're almost guaranteed to have no kills in your movie. Hundred percent, except if you're in Texas and you got a chainsaw. Yeah, but even then, it's- <gasps> Randy, I mean, did you like that chainsaw? Oh my god, it's pretty good. I thought it was Foley. Oh, <laughs> Dave Foley. No, but you know, Texas chainsaw—it's kind of harking back to the format. I think that's why the movie feels so gritty. Because it's almost that title feels like it's referring to a true crime. Do you feel like we're overusing that word in culture? Grit, massacre? No, oh, grit. I don't know. I, I, Let I, me tell you something. Every company I've ever worked for has used that as their slogan, really? in some way, and I'm sick of it. Well, that's because you're playing ball in the fucking- also including my alma mater. They use it, Southern Miss okay. Grit. Well, I was gonna say you're in startup company world. A hundred percent. Yeah, I hate it. Do you do? You, does it make you think of true grit every time? No, I do. No, I go true no, grit. You know what it makes me think of? Grits, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I figured when I was fat like, boys for life. What's <laughs> up? I don't know. Grits are tight, dude. Um, man, I feel like we're already out of the beginning talk, but I did. 
we held off on talking about it before the show, and I briefly did want to talk about the Chris Rock live thing. Yeah. Because I think me and you both. I, I caught it even, retrospectively. I didn't Retroactively? Past. What happened? <laughs> you watched it this morning. Yeah. When did it air? I watched it because Randy <laughs> put something in Discord. Did it, Who caught Chris yeah. Rock live last night? I'm like, I didn't even know it was a thing. When yeah, did it 7 air? PM, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific last night. Oh, I didn't even know. Well, okay, so is that like a new Netflix thing where they actually air shit live? It's the first one that they've done. I don't know if they have plans to do more, but uh, I, I watched it live and it actually like went off very well. Um, looked great. Pretty much the same quality as if you're watching it, uh, you know, post. Um, yeah, and it, it ran very smooth. The only thing that I would say is that I uh, I went on to Netflix when the pre-show started and assumed that it would like be on the homepage couldn't find it anywhere you had to you had to search for it which is fine i'm kind of used to doing that a lot of times but figured it kind of would have been like right when you sign in it would have yeah. like yeah been advertising it yeah why wouldn't it have its own bar right up top and be like now live or let me tell you something yeah. netflix is not good that's why <laughs> they fuck up they yeah. do stupid things you gotta have a you gotta have a good interface they don't they don't advertise you. You always have to look for shit there. Yeah. Even brand new yeah. shit. Yeah, it's it's not good. Well, they did. They created the medium. Like they're trailblazers. And, and now, so. yes, but now they're being left behind. This is tech. Yeah, you got to keep up. Okay, you need grit. You need <laughs> grit. <laughs> they don't have grit. Look at no, this turtleneck. You know, Randy, I will say I am a fan of Chris Rock, but I checked it out mainly because you said it was recorded live. The shit they yeah. dropped on 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 Netflix is five hours now. What? It's five hours. The whole thing from get from uh, soup to nuts. <laughs> okay, really? I only watched. Yes, so I had to find the special. You have to like scroll through. I don't know what you watched. That's I I clicked it today. I think I watched it around the same time. You watched just the special. Yeah, it was just that. I don't know how I. I guess so. They. When I went on Netflix this morning, oh. the whole banner popped up and it was like Chris Rock live event. So I just hit play and then it was like, this is a live event. Join. And I scrolled two hours into it. Then people are on David Spade's on stage. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I scroll and then it's and then it starts and then it goes away. It, five hours. Yeah, I, I clicked one that looked like every comedy special just said um okay. Chris Rock selective outrage. I would have loved to have just done that one. Yeah, and um I mean if I was watching it live, I would like all of the build up for it being a live event. I I still had that. Like when when something's live, you have that like added pressure, especially cuz I'm kind of rooting for him, so I wanted it to be good. And uh he flubbed a joke right when he's yeah. rounding home. Yep. And I, I know I know you haven't gotten there yet, but I I uh I did the thing that I talk a lot of shit on where I realized that we were I was running late for this show. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go on YouTube. I just wanted to hear him talk about Will Smith and you're rooting for him. He's he's doing it and it's good. And then he fucked a joke up and he kind of just kept, you know, he's like, oh, I fucked this joke up. And then he he just keeps it going. And uh, it was weird because I started thinking about all the times I've watched NASCAR and I'm like, wreck, <laughs> please. That's why I'm here. I, yeah. I'm here for the, the spectacle of chaos. Yeah. And in that moment, I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh, man, I really didn't want you to fuck that up. Well, I, I assure you he didn't him. either. 
No, but he, he but he's a professional. No, he rolled so with he, it. Of course he did yeah. because th- this is this is you know it's a pr- his profession. It um it stood out to me though because I've never had that where I'm like oh it was a live event and yeah. it it showed. I'm glad I'm glad mm-hmm. that happened to be honest. <laughs> Wait till you watch it. It's really embarrassing. Fine. Dro- it's real. <laughs> no, I I, I think it's yeah. an inter- it's an interesting subject. And honestly, when I was watching the special and I haven't finished it, but. I'll be honest, I had some weird feelings with the whole thing because as I said, I did watch, you know, a an un, it was not condensed, yeah. but you know, a taped version of the live event and I when I say watched, I was scrolling through it because yeah. I had no interest in the uh carnival <laughs> aspect of it all. But I do get it. But then I also started to feel uh weird about it because Okay, let's look at it. This is the first comedy special that has ever been a live event on this scale, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. On this medium with Netflix to do it this way, um, that's a first, and that's that's a that's a that's a big deal. Why did this happen? Because of an assault, mm-hmm. and you know, he's a prolific comic too, though. Sure, yeah, sure. But when you start thinking about, you know, motivations and marketing and the business side of things, it gets gross, but it all matches up. And so it's like the reason why we're here isn't a good one, but it's Chris Rock. And this has given him a confidence that I think I haven't seen from him since I remember first seeing Chris Rock in like the late 90s when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think he's as confident as he's ever been. I think he's, I think he's sharp as he's been, man. No, you're right. He's making and, lemonade, dude. It, it's it, and so that's great. And so for a real moment like that to happen in front of the world, I love it because well, that shit happens in clubs. It's a real thing. Yeah. Well, you know, in the back it's of my head, of game. I kept thinking about all of the podcasts I've heard between two comedians talking about great comedy. And how they always refer to like a, a special being this like platform where you put your perfect set out there and everything is just like perfect and yeah. it's, everything hits and it's all killer shit. And then I've been watching a lot of these people who talk about them and I feel like none of their, their specials have even been good. That's the thing. You, right. I'm like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Well, again, you know, we talk about our friend Icarus a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that you're you know sometimes you're you're too close to it. Yeah, and I think it you know it's it's important to have perspective, uh, and you know that sort of thing. But also it's it's also you know representative of where you are in your life. You know there are people like you know um, just a few years ago I remember Mick Jagger publicly saying that he's most proud of the work he's doing now. Okay, like <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like new work, or yeah. Like, yeah, they're like, making new music. Oh, was it him or uh, the Beatle that's still alive? Paul oh, McCartney, dude. I think it was Paul McCartney. Uh, I heard. Um, I'm sorry. This is a little bit of a tangent on a tangent. Yeah, but um, you heard Kiss is having another final tour. Uh, but I've been waiting, dude. But <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've heard about it. So Gene Simmons, <laughs> it's due to health, and they're like, apparently, is that the name of the tour? <laughs> No, so they're like, uh, oh, fuck, somebody said this. I don't want to get it wrong. 
they're like uh Kiss is having a final tour. It's um, due to health concerns. They're like, apparently, the last time blood came out of Gene Simmons' mouth, it was due to an ulcer. <laughs> That's Jesus. Kiss. Do they come in here? I don't know. I just, I remember my dad 20 years ago going to see Kiss on their final tour with his buddy. And it's like, here's our last hurrah. And they haven't stopped. No. It's just been going the whole 100%. time. <laughs> yeah, anyway, with the Chris Rock thing, I thought it was interesting. Because one, uh, it opens up and I thought his subject matter was a little bit late with all the like um, podcasts we've taken in. Clearly, comedians have found uh, being the clown of the future is still the truth teller. And a lot of um, the shit we me like at least people in this room and probably listen to the show. We've heard all this stuff before. So when he was talking about like kind of corporate takeover of like SJW movement, I'm like, OK, this is well-treaded territory. Then he moves it into kind of like personal territory and how he's affluent and his kids were raised that way. And I thought that stuff was pretty good. Yeah, I like the abortion bit. Yeah, well, it was I, I actually liked a lot of what he was talking about. Uh, a couple of things. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he's been listening to the show, apparently, oh, because yeah. he agrees with me that the most valuable thing now is attention, even <laughs> oh, yeah. more so than currency. I was like, yep, I felt validated when he said that. But then also, again. More um, black culture bringing up the Illuminati. What the fuck's going on here? Because he mentioned it too. I'm like, what house party did it? What was the other? What was the other thing we were watching where they're making Illuminati references? I don't know. It's just all over. Tyler Perry's Illuminati. <laughs> that <laughs> Medea Illuminati movie. I'm in. I would watch that. Um, Medea and the Illuminati. Yeah, but like the the stuff you mentioned up top. Like, what about Medea goes to Bohemian Grove? I'm in. <laughs> Is it found footage? Oh, it, she's doing. She's playing Alex Jones. I, if you could, can if you could get if you could get the numbers right, I think Tyler Perry could do that. Well, he would do that. It'd be like Medea eyes wide shut. I think I might. Med- I might have an in. I found out that one of my neighbors is a uh, stunt stunt person working on a Tyler Perry movie currently. Oh God, dude! You got to imagine. Being the stunt person for Tyler Perry, that's going to be a pretty good gig, dude. I'm sure. That's like a second string quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> How did that's that... a good gig. That's a good gig. Randy, you got to go up to him. Be yeah. like, hey, dude, if they're ever looking for a token white IT guy, you know. I should. I actually, I actually haven't met him. I heard from my other neighbor that I was talking to the other day. Holy shit. Randy is deep in suburban culture now. Randy, nothing. <laughs> Neighborhood gossip, dude. How tight would it be if Randy was an employee of Tyler Perry International <laughs> or whatever? Not is. that tight because he would instantly stop doing this show. And I feel like. No, then we're going to be sponsored. He's not <laughs> Tyler Perry. This is now Tyler Perry's The Overlook Hour. He's not dragging you along. <laughs> Oh, hey, no, he's not. Me and TP are tied. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to ra- ride Randy's coattails, dude? dude. Hell yeah. Me, my family and I would rent the fucking Tyler Perry stage plays and watch those. I just got to go way back. I imagine Randy out in his lawn raking and his neighbor walks by. And he's like, hey, uh, another bird flew into my window. They're like, oh, hey, did you uh, talk to Greg over there? You're like, no, I've never met him. You're like, oh, you know, he's a stunt guy for Tyler Perry. Is this what your life is now, Randy? Sort of, yeah. I was doing uh, yard work in my <laughs> my front yard, and uh, my neighbor, like, right across the street from me, she, I don't know how old she is, but she's been in that house since, like, the 60s or 70s, so she's been here forever, and uh, she's really the only neighbor that I've met or talked to. 
for the most part. Nobody else is ever like out and about. Fuck. I love it. What, now, do, y'all, what do y'all talk about? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just not Weather. much. The street yeah. and the inner workings. Leaves. Yeah, I think she had some uh, plumbing issues the other day. Uh, <laughs> so she was outside because uh, yeah, some plumbing? pipes burst. Yeah. She's and I like, was, uh, speaking of plumbing, I was cleaning uh, my house's gutters the other day. I got on the ladder and that's what I was doing. When are you going to clean the gutters in your brain, dude? Hopefully soon. Got <laughs> to get a lobotomy. What, what, are you, what are the odds? <laughs> that's a pretty strong reaction. She came over and she was like, oh, you're doing a good job. Why don't you come over and clean my pipes? And Randy just didn't. <laughs> uh, I'm good. <laughs> He's like, oh, these gutters are pretty backed up. Uh, it's going to be a while. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) We got an email? Oh, yeah. You know, we're going to start officially. You know, it's a sad day. I don't even have the soundboard hooked up. Yeah, what the fuck? There's no need. Now, I want to give a shout out. Normally, I wouldn't mention it. but uh, So I'm not going to do the TBR this week. And I was geared up to, but I, I cheated a little bit. And I looked at the email beforehand because I kept getting emails from Thomas. And I'm like, I hope these aren't SOS or like code. And he's trapped in like Australia and he's begging for help. Instead, it was um, a whole TV show from uh, a prolific found footage director that he has procured and translated. And in the email, he's like, you know, if you want to just do one, I'll give you a a couple of suggestions. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to do all that work, I can put in some work. So again, um, the Unnamed Footage Festival is the end of this month. Uh, you should hear more about that soon. But until that's done, I I would really like to dig deep into that <clears throat> show. So I'm putting it off. And, um, you know, the, the female bag theme. I felt like I, that was <laughs> the end of my uh, audio career. And honestly, not really worth <laughs> hooking it up for. So that's no, fair. no soundboard. Yeah, I know. I What was it? It was like a girl going, uh, and then like a bag crumpling. I think she was giggling and there's some like That's, papers being yeah, shuffled. Yeah, I know. We're really missing it right now. <laughs> that segment really leaned on the audio. <laughs> anyway, it is Sunday, March 5th. Um, what? It's like 2 o'clock or something. And uh, yeah, we got mail. How do we do this segment? You're listening to the female bag. Hey, Russ. You said to email this, so I guess this is the first deposit in the female bag. Gross. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> R.E., the Holy Spider director, uh, directing The Last of Us. I'm pretty sure Craig Mazin specifically directed a handful, a handful of those directors. I know on this, I know on his podcast, he talked about watching Saint Maud and immediately messaging Rose Glass on Twitter to see if she wanted to direct. I imagine, especially for an art house director, he had pretty deliberate intentions. I'm not sure if Rose Glass actually ended up directing anything, but I'd bet almost anything that Jasmilla Zbanek and Ali Abassi were handpicked to direct those episodes they directed. He probably selected Peter Hoare for episode three as well. I know he's also specifically worked with HBO to make sure that Jason Rennick directed all of Chernobyl because a consistent tone was very important. 
I don't know all the details, but I'm pretty sure HBO gives him carte blanche to make decisions for The Last of Us since Chernobyl won all the awards. Apologize for standing Craig Mazin. I can't stress how fantastic of a writer he is. I don't think The Last of Us scripts are available yet, but his his Chernobyl scripts are here. Here's the link. Very bottom of this page, and they're very spectacular. Also, it took me forever to find this. This transcript of him taking, this transcript of him talking for an hour on screenwriting is phenomenal. Anyway, Russ, you should watch The Last of Us only if because it has some of the best writing on television. And this is coming from someone who's watched all six seasons of Riverdale. Cheers, (laughs) Sam. I was getting a little bit of a Chris Rock flashback there. A little live hiccup. <laughs> There's a lot of names in there that I just had to to get through there quickly. Yeah, so he reached out after uh, we you reviewed um, Holy Spider last week. Holy Spider! Yeah, and he, was, uh, he made a strong argument for me watching The Last of Us. And, uh, you know, he briefly texted me about it. I'm like, dude, you should put this in a fucking email. And I was like, hey, but what's this podcast called? And he was like, oh, it's it's very um, industry based, like it's very screenplay writing centric. And I got the vibe that I wasn't invited to the clubhouse. Oh. Yeah. So I looked it up. Even yeah, though he didn't but mention I, it I, I feel like you just feel that way. That's true. Um, it's called Script Notes Podcast on Apple Podcast. So oh, great. Another plug. See, you even plug shit you don't even listen to. <laughs> you You have a problem, dude. <laughs> It's fucking disgusting. How many other shows you promote on this show? Well, and you just started listening to this show. Yeah. You listen to one episode. Out of 410 episodes, you've listened to one. <laughs> oh, two. Two. I listened to the Creepy Clark one. You also listened to the 20-minute one I did with my mom seven years ago. I did. So three. <laughs> All right. So good. fuck you. Wow. Randy, what's the percentage <laughs> on that? It's less than 1%. Three is enough fingers to live a healthy life. It's, dude, it's like... As long as one's a thumb. (laughs) (laughs) 0.025%. Too much, if you ask me. (laughs) Anyway, I, you know what, Sam, I think you sold me on it. I I actually heard a, um, somebody was making an argument that it's a lot of fun to play the game along with watching the show. Not at the same time, but to go back and play the game after. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but you gave up on the show, right? You made it too deep. Wait a minute. Last of Us. No, I'm I'm caught up. Oh, okay. You stuck with oh, it. Oh, I Hell stuck yeah. with it. It's a wonderful show. Okay. Very good storytelling. It does everything right. They don't cut corners. What do you think, Oksana? Could that be our one show that we watch? I. It should be. Sure. Now, I also would like to present Tulsa King, starring <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Is that a show? Sylvester Stallone stars as a man in the mafia, and he goes to jail for 25 years. He comes out of jail, and he's expecting the world on a platter, and instead he gets Tulsa, Oklahoma, because they they ex, they want him excommunicated because he represents the old school mafia, and they don't want that. They want new school mafia. And then he starts fucking around, and then... Tulsa King. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in my head, I imagine Breaking Bad. 
I don't know why. Nothing like Breaking Bad. Uh, it's not like an old guy in the desert making a fortune. So do you know that show? Uh, that's oh god. <laughs> why can I never remember the show? It's the most popular show on the planet, and there's there's five other spinoffs from it, huh? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yes. Fucking Wing Hauser's son is the star of this show, oh. and now he's the biggest person on the planet. Really? And all he does on the show is fight people, just like his daddy. Yeah, Wings Hauser's son, Cole Hauser, is the star of Yellowstone. And now there's like eight other shows uh, that are spinoffs of Yellowstone. And Yellowstone uh, was written and directed by Taylor Sheridan, uh, who did Sicario. He also did Cold River. He also did... Uh, Wind River. Wind River, I've just recently been told. Uh, he also did uh, Hell or High Water. Brady, what else? Correct. Uh, <laughs> nothing else that I can think of either. Yeah, so Taylor Sheridan, um, he created this show. So now he is just, he's a brand. And now this is, based, Tulsa King is a subsidiary of the brand of Taylor Sheridan. That's essentially what we're doing. Uh, but I will say it's a very fun, stupid show. <laughs> Had a great time watching Tulsa King. There's, dude, the whole thing. There's this fucking racist motorcycle gang in Tulsa who is led by a Scotsman. It's crazy. He, dude, he is a good, crazy bad guy who just chokes out bitches <laughs> and and uh, oh collects a lot of crypto. <laughs> it's, really? It's pretty good. All right. Oxon, what do you think? Tulsa King? Can that be our new show? <laughs> I don't like Stallone. Oh, okay. The reason why Stallone gets in a fight, by the way, we, you know that Stallone's better than Arnold, but Stallone gets in a fight with these group because uh, they were uh, on each other's territory about selling nitrous in balloons to oh, Huff. Okay. And they're like, we own the nitrous circuit here in Tulsa. <laughs> and then they started beating up on each other. Oh, is that the episode where Ari Shafir shows up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a weird callback to a stupid appearance on Rogan. Who is also your favorite comedian? Oh, what, what did you want to say there? No, I, I literally. No, the no, reason no. Why, no, no, no. I had root beer in my mouth and it wasn't quite done. No, you were filtering. No, no, no. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say. I think you were going to say Jew. Well, I would hope Oksana's <laughs> your favorite Jew. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Or your son, who's a half breed. Is that true? Well, you're not Jewish. <laughs> That's how that how works. How do you know? Get my 23 and me or whatever. It's probably like an eighth, if anything. I need to carry that around. So anytime anybody accuses me of anything, I can show them how much of a mud I am. I'm a Jew and I'm feeling <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ready to do something with that. All right. Uh, is it time? Anything else for up top? We had a wonderful start to the Formula One season. I was telling the gentleman before that we started, I almost uh, made a couple thousand dollars today, but I made one bad play. One bad play. I decided to go with the American team over the American driver, Randy. Had I picked the American driver, be a couple grand richer today. That's a fact. That's a shame. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, but Formula One has a American driver for the first time in a decade. Pretty close to it. Very big. He did okay today. Do we have to root for him now? I do. He's on a <laughs> he's on a British team, Williams. 
Uh, Logan Sargent. Really? That's a good name. That's his name? Logan Sargent. Is that a real name? Do you want to know? Do you, all right, let's play the game. Let's, uh, oh, I bet you would hate this one. Lando Norris. <laughs> uh, I could, I could buy that. Okay. It does feel a little Hollywood, though. Lando like, Norris? Like, constructed. Okay. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas. Uh, just feels foreign. Lance Stroll. Uh, that's real. If you had to, ma- if you had to guess what kind of family Lance Stroll comes from, what would you imagine? Um, angry astronauts. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> uh, no, his father is a very wealthy, very powerful Canadian billionaire. Oh, that was my second guess. <laughs> Lawrence Stroll. <laughs> they have a lot of blackface in their history. Oh boy! <laughs> All Canadian royalty does. Uh, what's another good one? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Comedian. (laughs) Right? That's a comedian name. That's a good comedian name. In the, like, who had a heyday in the 80s. I was imagining more like pulled out of the bucket on Kill Tony and then bombed. Oh, boy. And then Tony goes like, oh, you had a great name. but very specific (laughs) reference. Uh, and then one of my favorites, uh. Charles Leclerc. Oh, that's a very French name. But the but the American pronunciation is Charles Leclerc. Yeah. But the Brits <laughs> say Charles Leclerc. I love an Eclair. Are they related? I yeah, let me tell you something. The Eclair depends on the execution. It's nostalgia. That's why I like it. it did you grow up in a bakery? No, but down <laughs> the street from one. Oh, yeah. you always had eclairs? Yeah, my mom would bring Did you live in Denmark? <laughs> what do you mean? You, you clogged down there in your wooden shoes? Mama, another eclair. <laughs> what the fuck? You live in Pacifica. Wow, the passion that comes out when there's like fine desserts mentioned on the show. No, when I finally, when I decide I want to commit to a bit. <laughs> Honestly, that's what happens. No, I lived in Daly City. There's like one bakery right next to a church. And I think uh, my mom would always attempt to bring me to church and we'd end up in the bakery. What is this Norman Rockwell painting <laughs> from whence you came? It's my artistic interpretation of oh, hence where I come from. Oh, boy. Now, you fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> from hence. God damn it. Well, that's what happens when you're living a lie, dude. All That's these- what happens when you haven't improved <laughs> on your spelling. Well, Google's here for <laughs> And chat GPT never gets it wrong. Oh, dude. That shit ain't going away. <laughs> okay. And we got, <laughs> we got more coming regarding that. Uh, yeah. That's what we call a tease in the industry, ladies and gentlemen. Also, now what we're calling is a transition. As we go over to Randy, Michael, Stat living in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, Randy last week was feeling a little bit under the weather. He was starting to to bloom like a, like a flower in April. <laughs> he was starting to 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 bloom. <laughs> okay, I was trying to He's pull. Starting to smell. I was trying to think of other flower terms. You know, like pollen, germinate. Okay. Sure. Uh, what do they do when they impregnate themselves? What's that called? No idea. <laughs> they do? Yeah, that's what it's called. I don't know. Masturbate? 
God, just stop speaking. You're making it worse. Okay. I'm not bringing a whole lot to it right now because I should know this very simple term that you learned in like second grade. But Randy is feeling much better. That's all we're saying. Randy, how's everything going? Yeah, good. Uh, feeling feeling better. There is just a... Uh, Are you good? Of, You're feeling all right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think there is a lot of uh, pollen in the air, which I can see on my vehicle when I go out in the morning. So that might have contributed to the, uh, you know, stuffy nose and all that. Brother, I want to welcome you to the south in the spring. Yep. It fucking sucks. All the pine trees. See, Russell, do you even know what pollen is? Yeah. What is pollen? A uh, thing that makes me sneeze. Yes. Do you know where it comes from? A flower? Mm. I don't know if Alex Trebek would give you that answer. <laughs> uh, but it, it is basically the skeet from a pine tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. And bees are like a weird little prostitute. Well, they got their the own pollen. Wait, no. Bees in this metaphor wouldn't be a prostitute. They would be um, like a, it's a sperm different bank. Right? I don't know. Well, well, I don't is know. honey their... Honey's not their <laughs> sperm, is it? No, but... If it is, what a gift. All of the predators who uh, feast on the flower buffet are the ones that are, you know, bringing their seed around. What, all right, what predators are feasting on flowers? Dude? You know, like the hummingbird. No, dude, there's no sips in the animal <laughs> kingdom, dude. They fucking, you know, kill or die, dude. Speaking of kill or die, Randy Michael Stack. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Oh, no. Let's hear it. Do you remember a movie uh, that we talked to someone about in the first maybe like 50 episodes of this show called Chan is Missing? Yes. That was the uh, Hawkman. boy Man. from Lost Weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched another film directed by Wayne Wang, who is a, uh, <laughs> he was living in San Francisco for quite a while. Um, so he's a Bay Area uh, filmmaker. I watched another one of his movies that is yeah. uh, from like the 80s, I believe. Uh, the 1980s. 89. Yes, the 1980s. Um, called Life is Cheap, but Toilet Paper is Expensive. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. It's you on know. Criterion currently. He sells, but who's buying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <You> fucking... <laughs> Hence where <laughs> I come from. <laughs> <laughs> So this uh, this movie was uh, restored recently to a uh, 4K restoration, um, and it played, uh, I believe, uh, it played the, I forget what that place is called in Berkeley, but uh, it played a couple showings in Berkeley, played a couple screenings in like Brooklyn, uh, and probably some other places too, but um, yeah, it's on Criterion Channel now, and uh, I was going to play a clip from it, but I don't think it's going to play uh, based on what we experienced earlier. But basically, uh, this movie, uh, there is a dude uh, from Chinatown in uh, San Francisco who uh, is sent to Hong Kong with a uh, briefcase uh, handcuffed to his arm, uh, and he's supposed to go deliver it to uh, some guy that he thinks is like a mob boss or something. So he's going there and, uh, you know, expecting to uh, to meet this guy who he... Maybe like never meets, uh, and then it's kind of like he goes there, and then he experiences just a lot of like interesting and weird characters throughout Hong Kong. Um, there is a like a butcher that he meets, a baker, um, and yeah, and a, a candlestick maker. Thank you. 
And uh, yeah, so there are, if you are, uh, you know, don't like watching uh, animals uh, being slaughtered, there is quite a bit of that. There's, so the oh, beginning, uh, we got the beginning a wet scene, there is a wet market in it actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, so the beginning scene is this dude uh, who is, he's wearing like a button up shirt and like snacking on like a piece of bread or something. And there's like a chicken uh, who looked like it has just died uh, hanging behind him. There's a lot of blood on the wall. <laughs> and he's talking to the camera, and then he essentially says the title of the movie. Life is cheap. Toilet paper is passive. But uh, yeah, the movie, like I said, it it kind of, um, I wouldn't say it's plotless. It, uh, it, you know, you have the uh, the guy who's a man with no name. Um, he's Ooh. apparently was very inspired by um, Westerns. And um, he said, uh, found an interview with him. He's very uh, inspired by John Ford, uh, but he's also very inspired by Stan Brakhage and like experimental uh, cinema and stuff. Um and so yeah, this this movie really feels kind of like a sort of French New Wavey in the way that it's like cut and edited. There's like a lot of like uh, just cuts to like a red screen or just like weird kind of like jump cuts and stuff. And uh, there's a really great uh, foot chase scene throughout Hong Kong uh, where like the briefcase, uh, you know, exchanges hands and there's a, a very long chase scene, which is like, I don't know, maybe five minutes long. And you could tell that it's very guerrilla, like they didn't have... Um, you know, permits for this stuff. So they just were just running through the streets of Hong Kong. Kind of shaky cam, but it, overall, it's like a really, really good scene. Um, and there's a lot of like other stuff that seems kind of documentary-esque, but there's also like, like I said, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sort of violent stuff with the butcher shop. And then he meets like a uh, an escort or a sex worker. And so there's uh, some nudity. There's apparently this movie was, when it first came out, um, the MPAA gave it an X rating but they kind of fought for it to be released as unrated and they, they won cause they didn't want to make any cuts, um, to the movie. But, How uh, did they yeah. Win? I, I, Blackmail? Something like that. I don't know. They're, you know, you <laughs> make a, uh, <laughs> you immediately agreed. I don't know. Something like you that. You go they back and you say, Hey, uh, you know, I just want to have this, not have a rating. Um, and <laughs> master yeah, so, uh, of negotiation, Randy Stan. <laughs> yeah. They, I, besides having seen Chan is Missing, I didn't really know too much about um, this movie. And I was, I was really surprised by it. It's really cool. There is um, a scene from... So when they restored it, he put in some extra footage that he shot from like 96. And that kind of didn't work for me as well because it seemed very much more like a documentary and the uh, the like visual aesthetic was like differed quite a bit. It, I think they shot that on video. And I think the rest was shot on film, like the uh, cinematography and like the initial movie, um, the stuff that was not added, like looks, looks really great. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, very like colorful, uh, like motifs, like a motif of like red, just in general between like the blood in the butcher shop. And there's like this uh, female character who wears like a lot of red, uh, really beautiful looking um, cinematography. But yeah, the, uh, the stuff that he edited in, uh, you know, he said that he, you know, 
would have wanted it to be there. And he thinks that this is like the, uh, you know, this is his director's cut and he uh, thinks that it added to it. But, um, you know, it kind of took me out of it a little bit because it was like video-y looking and kind of grainy. And uh, I don't know. I didn't really feel like it It really added too much to it. But um, overall, I, I, I really enjoyed this. You, you don't like that aesthetic. That is uh, well documented on this show. Yeah, not a big fan of of shot on video, even though I do like uh, Inland Empire. I, th- that I don't get, because that one's rough for me. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. it. It took probably two times. Yeah, I think I've only seen it thrice. So yeah. It, it does. Oh, you've only seen a th- boring ass, <laughs> dry three hour movie three times. Oh yeah. Well, you know, when you think of it as being like a pilot episode for a TV show. It does become like weird art Again, cinema. Again, you know, yeah. well, uh, you know, context, I think, is important with yeah. David Lynch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the same thing with Twin Peaks, you know. It's weird that you don't like shit shot on video, Randy. I mean, you know, talking about a live event, that's like, you know, when you're running through the streets of Hong Kong gorilla style. He likes a clean aesthetic, Randy. He's a clean man. Yeah. Look at his house. But he's also a punk. He's cleaning out gutters yes, for but his he, neighbors. Yes, but he's neat. You know, he, he it's, it's, it's the structure. <laughs> And that's why he went straight edge. I get it. Yeah. Hell yeah. It, it, all, it all lines he up. He caged the animal of art within him. And that's why we have a boring homogenized Randy, not the <laughs> rebel Randy who was trashing toilets with cherry bombs growing up. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> While playing the song Cherry Bomb in his Walkman. <laughs> not a tough song. <laughs> yeah, well, you, that's uh, the end of the show. You guys should check this movie out. I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good stuff. All right. Um, while, uh, while you were talking, I looked through most of his uh, just IMDb. A yeah, lot, he, dude. One, he looks exactly like the type of director you like. Like, it's very cool, very good cinema. Sure. Uh, yeah. Very Criterion friendly. But yeah, um, he went pretty Hollywood. He directed Made in Manhattan. He did the Joy Luck Club, um, oh. which you know I don't think I've seen. I think I've probably seen Made in Manhattan or at least part of it. But uh, with J Lo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, very interesting to think that he made this and then also made Made in Manhattan. You know, that's what happens. You get... Uh, you well, that's know. one of the edgier J-Lo offers. <laughs> <laughs> you move on to your third divorce. You got a lot of bills to pay. Did she follow up The Cell with Made in Manhattan? <laughs> Maybe. Should I rewatch that? Is that good? Is there anything I've good I've never out of that? watched it. You've never I seen The Cell? I think it's playing at the Roxy no. soon. Really? What? I believe you, so. You and the calendar on <laughs> the other yeah. side of the country. It's pretty great. Yeah, I've never watched it. Why? Um, I hate art. <laughs> yeah, I would it's agree. playing I March just, 9th and March 11th. This room is. <laughs> what would you say, Ren? It's playing March 9th and March 11th at the Big Roxy. Ren, it's very soon. That's four days and six days. Hell yeah. Do yeah. it. I'm quick, I did the math on that. Day. That's great. Um, <laughs> I want to go see it. Really? I should rewatch it. Nah. You should see it. You should see it. We should um, stream it in the Discord. <laughs> Just They're showing it on it. 35. Oh, I don't give a shit. Millimeters. No, because now the culture's flipped on it. I would have liked to watch it when everybody was trashing it because they're like, what the fuck is this? Now it's all the nerds out there like, oh, it's actually a pretty but interesting that's how, movie. That's how, but it's taken 20 years. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that flipped pretty quickly. To some degree, but it's still hanging around. You know what I'd be more interested in, honestly, rewatching is Gothica. All right, I'll be down. Let's, All do, right. let's do a double feature. Did they come out around the same time? 
can um oh i think the cell predates gothica I but like, i would say that they're close all right, like all, right, all, right, all, right, all right let me guess can i guess i want to guess the cell came out in 2000 okay i want to say gothica came out 2002 oh i feel like i'm around there too like 2003 2002 for gothica i think you're right with the cell though the cell could the be 2000 oh all right nailed it and then Oksana? gothica is 2003 yep Oh, did, I say did, two, did I say two or you three? You said two, I said ah, three. No, we I, was lean, I was in between there, so that's good. Uh, basically, that's my high school career <laughs> right there. Yeah. That's probably why I, I put them together. But Gothica's a weird one because it felt like mallcore horror at the time. And I, you, can I tell you? I've never seen it. Oh, really? That's why I went with O2 because I feel like there was a pocket between like O3 and O5. All I saw... I saw Everything. all of that. Yeah, you were very um, Saw the, era. The fucking boogeyman with the kid yep. from Seventh Heaven. Yeah. That shit. Fucking white noise. See, and that's interesting when you look back because it was horror trying to find an identity again because Scream shook it all up. Constantine. It made it. It made supernatural shit not very cool. And I feel and there like there was a bunch of supernatural yeah. shit that bombed. Well, Gothica did the thing that I always refer to as the ghost walk. Yeah. Where they would pull frames out and it looks like, oh, I'm I'm a crazy glitchy person. And it wasn't. was very but that was also kind of like early video gaming. It felt like uh music video yeah. shit. Yeah. And it I don't know, it didn't really work very well. But I'd be interested in going back and watching that again. I'll watch Gothica today. It's definitely <laughs> trying to walk the line of supernatural and like gritty realism. I, I There's like, your word. I like a Halle Berry. A Halle Berry? A Halle Berry. <laughs> Rebranded for the horror movies. Halle Berry. Right. Halle Berry. Randy, so, how many stars? <laughs> uh, I went four. Whoa. Were you going to go three and a half or four for him? Uh, I don't know. Based it, off what he was saying. If you looked it up, that's a four. That for Honestly, Randy. it looks like it's a great movie. So I, I, I agree cool. with Randy. I haven't even watched it. Okay. Right. What's the name of it again? <laughs> Life is cheap, but toilet paper is expensive. Randy, movie number two. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my second movie. Uh, so I'm going with a uh, from a movie that has toilet paper in the title to a movie that has bathroom in the title. What is coincidentally? This? Maybe. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, I watched a uh, a new documentary called "Meet Me in the Bathroom," which is a uh, ah uh, yes, a music documentary. Yeah, music documentary, uh, I guess, you know, adapted from the book of the same title, which came out, I don't know, a while ago. Um, (laughs) Your mic's off. Yeah, you're off. Yeah, okay. Again, you know, Chris Rock, I feel his pain. I don't know why we do this like live to record. Is that the term? Because we could just like pause and then set everything up, but we choose not to. Uh, Correct. And I stand by that. It's fine. Also, uh, the joke y'all missed out on that was so good and worth it and so good that I'm going to say it again was I said the Bible. Oh, oh well, I think that was an appropriate reaction. <laughs> Randy? See, so, so yeah, Meet Me in the Bathroom is directed by Will Lovelace and Dylan Southern. Um, and yeah, it is a, a documentary about um, the New York sort of like post-punk, like uh, sort of like uh, pop like rock sort of scene um, in the, like I said, early 2000s. Uh, it starts off in 1999. Um, and it oh, covers... Uh, what year, Randy? Uh, we're going to party like it's 1999. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so it uh, it's all archival footage, and it uh, basically covers uh, the bands uh, that are the Strokes, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, oh. 
uh, Interpool, uh, and I think I'm uh, I think I'm forgetting some other names. Uh, Randy, right now, where but, where are you with all those guys? You like the Strokes? You like Interpool? I do. Yeah, I like uh, I like most of their music. I haven't been like a huge fan of you know any of them. Uh, <laughs> there's like some yeah yeah songs I like will play pretty frequently, uh, but I've never like been a a completist for any of these bands, really. What if I pitted you uh, Interpool against Drowning Pool? Who are you taking? Interpool, for sure. Russell? Drowning Pool, for sure. Oksana? Drowning Pool by default. <laughs> I don't know a single Interpool song, so I'm taking Drowning Pool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's who I was missing. Uh, James Murphy and LCD Sound System are... Um, are featured uh, in here. Yes, of course, of course. And the directors of this also directed the LCD Sound System documentary that came out years ago that was about uh, their last show that ended up not being their last show. Speaking of uh, oh, the Kiss Jean last tour we talked about earlier. <laughs> but yeah, um, one thing I, I could say about this is that I'm very impressed how much footage that people shot of how themselves. How much footage was there? <laughs> There's an incredible amount of very early footage from all of these bands. Um, I don't know. It's just really uh, crazy how, you know, I guess maybe a lot of people were filming stuff uh, of themselves, but, you know, at a time where it was harder to document things than it is now, um, it's just really crazy how much, like, early footage of, like, these bands' first shows are, their first, like, European tours and stuff like that. Um, Like I said, it's all uh, archival footage, so it was kind of cool to see uh, that stuff. And, um, yeah, I would say that's not like a, uh, you know, groundbreaking documentary, but if you like these bands and kind of want to see like sort of where they, uh, you know, how they started, where they came from and kind of, uh, there's kind of like an emotional arc in the movie, uh, a little bit. There's at least a member or two in like each band that kind of has like a, uh, little bit of a self-destructive nature, uh, as their band is like kind of getting bigger. Um, I really like the stuff with uh, Karen O of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Uh, her story, uh, I, I really appreciate it. And I think, I, overall, I think I probably like them and LCD Sound System the most. But um, yeah, it's a pretty good documentary. Like I said, if you like these bands um, and maybe don't know a whole lot about them already, I think it's a, it's a good watch. Um, yeah. I'm feeling very three-star vibes at a Randy Michael stamp. Uh, three and a half. I dug it quite a bit. I just like, you know, if you, uh, I, it's very up my alley. Like I said, I, li- I like both of these bands, but if, you know, if it's not your thing, I don't think you're going to, it's not going to, you know, turn you on any of these bands. Sometimes it's hard to get a read I know. on that half star out of him. Yeah. You know, sometimes Randy comes across as the type of person where you could drop them in heaven or you could drop them in hell <laughs> and their reaction would be exactly the same. Yeah. What, what gave you the half? <laughs> what I, Okay. So there's a lot of video. So does it more, does it lean more into like, um, uh, cinema verite or is, are we doing a VH1 talking head thing? Uh, there's not really any talking heads. It's all kind of like archival stuff and, uh, you know, some, some, uh, voiceover and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think they shot anything new for it. Um, now, yeah. what is the, um, genre here? Like, does it have, does the culture have like an identity? No, I mean the music culture. Oh, Sort White. of, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of cool to like, you know, sort of see like a a scene in a specific time and place. Um, they, you know, do a lot of uh, like sort of like news footage and stuff uh, in the front of the documentary where they, you know, talk about Y2K and stuff and kind of like seeing people um, 
you know, go through that and also go through 911. Uh, all of these bands were, like I said, it's oh, from the New York area. So they're in Brooklyn things. and, uh, <laughs> there, a lot of them are in Brooklyn. Some of them are, are, are in Manhattan. And, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of cool to see like all these bands kind of starting, uh, up in, uh, yeah, New York and kind of like meeting each other. And, uh, it's kind of interesting to see like how the Strokes career took off like almost immediately and how like Interpol, um, they, essentially like got like a European tour. Someone asked them to like, you know, come on this tour in Europe. And um, the first strokes tour in Europe, they played and like, it was like, you know, sold out shows. Like everything was like pretty, pretty awesome. And then the Interpol went there and they were like, yeah, we, we fucked up. We came out here too early. No one's at these shows. And there was like, you know, two, five, two or five people at some shows. And I don't know, you know, just coming from, uh, you know, playing tours where you play for, uh, for little to no, no people at some shows. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to see how, you know, how different bands pan out. Yeah. What I meant was like, you know, the early nineties, um, in Seattle, it got the moniker of like grunge and it, yeah. like they didn't have anything to kind of categorize that group. Not really. No. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess you would probably say that like maybe post-punk is like the closest thing oh, to okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, you know, uh, even some of the like early LCD sound system, you know, it's got like drum machines and it's got like uh dancey stuff, but it's also like kind of got punky stuff, uh, in it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's like earlier stuff is a little more like a uh, little more raw, kind of just like uh Nick Zinner, their guitarist and their drummer and, um, Karen O. So it's pretty like stripped down. And, uh, yeah, I, I think post-punk would probably be the best way to describe it, but like Interpol and uh, Strokes kind of maybe are like a little farther out, like a little more poppy. Yeah. I, the only band I think I've ever actually listened to that you mentioned was the AAS. So yeah. Yeah. Clark, any of those do it for you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> really? You kind of like dumb shit. Uh, I like a uh, LCD sound system. Hell yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you a song. Because you're not their cool. new song at the uh end of White Noise slaps. Dude, that yeah, I the White Noise was good. Also, I feel like no one talked about that movie. But that was an interesting movie. Yeah. Same. Interesting movie. And uh Bombeck, he uh he surprised me a little bit with that one. I uh I kinda liked it because it wasn't uh oh, nuclear fam well it was nuclear family but it wasn't it's still <laughs> yeah. he can't he can't not do that i guess but it's not it's, yeah i don't know there's like set pieces in it though it's like big budget movie making which you don't really think of what's the thing with Bombac? him and, like really smart kids that's the other thing with uh, like that is a element in all of his movies fucking these smart little whippersnappers i don't know i don't know maybe it's just like a uh you know sort of like a bougie new york thing i just think he's a hack <laughs> all right randy what else you got uh that, that's basically it i'll just give a quick shout out i've been watching the show poker face on oh. uh on peacock yeah on peacock the uh the lady Ryan Gaga johnson created show yeah I was, I was waiting i i went into it hesitantly because i did not care for uh glass onion the new knives out correct Whoa. story it's shit but Whoa. i am enjoying uh poker face Hot quite a take. bit it's it's pretty good it's fun it's kind of goofy yeah yeah when amanda was here we started watching it and then 
it just then y'all came in. We started talking, and you remember we played like four episodes, dude. And we're like, we don't even know what this is anymore. I believe at one time, at one moment, nobody was in the room but me. <laughs> like, what the fuck is? This? And you're watching no like idea. episode four. Yeah, and you didn't like it. No, it was fine. I just uh, I, I'm gonna have to rewatch the whole, probably the yeah, restart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I would rather uh, just sit around and wait for Tulsa King season two. Hell yeah! Yesterday, I saw a movie. Now, it should be noted that I saw this movie in a location that yes, I have seen. Mul- I have seen movies here before, but it has been many, many years since I've been. Uh, to this random theater uh, outside of San Jose, California, in a small community called Morgan Hill. You do uh, like a random theater. Though. I do like a random theater. Yeah, and I like I like a suburb theater. I like a theater where people attend the movie. Where you have to wake up the dude at the cash register. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not. I I just um look. I want to be very clear here, and I, I think that. To a degree, everyone will will uh, at least understand where I'm coming from here. But sometimes um, it's it's good to get away from that Alamo crowd, you know. Oh, where yeah. I, I I appreciate everything that Alamo has done for film, even though I disagree with uh, some of their recent business decisions, uh, as they are uh, clearly uh, going to the route of the AMC, uh, which is also becoming uh, clearly the way of the buffalo. Um, uh, that's a uh, uh, Dances with Wolves reference, Wilson. Oh, that movie right there? What? Yes, it is. <laughs> By the way, I still have no idea where... Uh, my beaver trilogy is <laughs> uh, that was in the Dances with Wolves laser disc pack that you famously gifted me several several years ago. Yeah, I, I did a visual thing. I, I pointed to a picture of Kevin Costner we have on a cork board <laughs> from Dances with Wolves. Yes, I did put the beaver trilogy in there. It was a a bait and switch. Someone has that, and I have no idea who. I did not expect you to be excited about Dances with Wolves. Correct assumption. <laughs> just, Kevin Costner sucks. But so I, I was down there and uh, snuck in there to go see this movie. Operation Fortune, Rose de Guerre from. <laughs> it's only perfect that you're hiding this shit. I was uh, chomping at the bit. I was going to give you the point, no, man. No, no, no. It couldn't wait. Because that fucking title, I, you want to talk about Google filling in how to spell something? Oh, dude, I thought you were joking. Or you're like Ruth Daguerre. What dude, the I fuck? told you the title was rough. All right, all right, we'll do it again. <laughs> From director Guy Ritchie, Operation Fortune, Ruth Daguerre. Uh, you're gonna point? You said you're gonna give me the point. But then, then we were set up like it was gonna do it. So I thought, all right, Randy, insert some laughter and make this like really funny in class. Uh, also, just insert three new hosts into the show <laughs> while you're at it. Um, I mean, the reason why we need the guitar I, it's worth it because this is this is the godfather of the cool guy movie. You, we sit here and we talk about Tarantino, and for the record, you mention his name way more than I do. Yeah, that's in fair. the grand scheme of things. But Guy Ritchie, 
this he's driving he's driving the culture forward in the cool guy movement and especially now because you remember when he was doing those weird like disney movies he did aladdin yeah. yep he did um king arthur what else he do mm-hmm. i don't know he was doing like these giant movies but now he's going back to his bread and butter but even with his bread and butter uh it's <laughs> This one's interesting. I, I want to be clear. Well, so, do you like his bread and butter? Let's start. There. I do like his okay. bread and butter. I feel like here's here's what I'm saying. I think to a certain extent. All right, take a when you when you've got a guy who does a thing, mm-hmm. and insert any name you want in here. M Night Shyamalan. It, great, M Night Shyamalan. Yep. The first one that comes to my mind is Wes Anderson. But okay. I think that we can make the Shyamalan thing work on the oh, same yeah. thing because ultimately what happens, uh, there, there's a risk and a reward situation when that is your uh, creative force. When you, when you do things that way, you run into the risk of becoming a parody of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I, I feel Wes Anderson has become that to a certain degree, especially with his narrative stuff. Oh, really? I do. Um, I, I don't do. think I've watched any of his new stuff, but it feels like kind of like he's plagiarizing his own work. That's what it feels like to me. With what? Like what was just his new because shit? I just well, just with him, I just know what's coming. Oh, okay. And it just it just feels like satirization at this point. Okay, yeah. that's what I mean. I mentioned Shyamalan because uh, people. I thought you were going in the direction of people expect your product to be a thing, and then you give them something different, and it's like yes. But what I mean is this is like you know it's we're just finding a, a new way to to serve us to, you know to service you know reheats. Yeah, it's leftovers, but just done in a different way. So, uh, I mean, honestly, that's what, that's what specials are at a restaurant. You know, you think specials are specials? No, the specials are old food that they're trying to sell. So they don't have to throw it away. This is how the world works. And this is what Guy Ritchie is doing at this point. (laughs) But I want to be very clear. That doesn't mean that it's not entertaining. I had a hell of a time for two hours watching this ridiculous thing. From the very beginning of the movie to the very beginning of the, to, <laughs> from the very beginning to the very end, you know exactly what we're doing, and I appreciate that. And also, like, yes, we're dealing. This is international international espionage for dummies. That's what this movie is. Okay, and the whole movie is centered around stealing a briefcase. Oh, that's what we see at the beginning. It's all about the briefcase. A good old MacGuffin. But we don't. We don't know what's in the briefcase. Yeah, perfect. And of course, it's dealing with intergovernment. Of you know, it's all in Britain, and it's MI six, and you know, the government's doing this. But we've got you know, uh, the government deals with subcontractors, and sometimes the government likes to uh, give contracts to sub two subcontractors at the same time. And yes, they do have to compete against one another, but it's better for the government because somebody's going to get the job done. So we run into that situation, but that guy, he's not working for the government. But again, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, strategize any of this because everything is laid out right in front of your feet. Every, they, everything is, is handholded. They baby bird you everything in this movie. (laughs) And uh, I think it's great. I want him to be commercially (laughs) successful again. I really do. Because I just like these dumb, fun things that primarily rest upon the merits 
a very strong casting. Okay. I was just going to say, how are the characters? That makes this movie. Hugh Grant is a force to be reckoned with. Mm. He works very well in these Guy Ritchie movies. Hold on. How's he looking? Do we get Wolverine Hugh Grant? He needs to get roided back up. Okay, no, you're thinking of I'm Hugh thinking Jackman. Of Hugh Jackman. You're thinking of Hugh Jackman. Wow, that's how out of my wheelhouse uh, we are right now. <laughs> yes, we're going. We're going to Paddington. Oh, Hugh Lamb. Grant. Hugh we're talking Lair of the White Worm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. And that—that's—that's <laughs> that's all I know him from. Hugh Grant is fantastic. Um, he plays. How does he look? I gotta look him up. Well, they made they they added a, a, a they they messed with his looks for here. They made him very tanned. Uh, very rich uh, tan. Is he still getting the gutters wet over in Randy's neighborhood? I don't know. <laughs> is he a ladies' man? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is one of the most charming men who's ever lived on the eh, planet. I don't know. He's aging weird. Everyone loves Hugh Grant, dude. Hugh Grant kills it. He's starting to look Illuminati. I don't really like him. Now I'll tell you. I tell you that we got to uh, now, uh, and then we'll, we'll mention a couple other staples that we've we've got in all the. Um, uh, ensembles that you would expect in a Guy Ritchie film. Jason Statham is our lead here. Jason Statham plays a special agent All right. whose name is Orson Fortune. Okay, hold on, let me <laughs> let me go get a pillow from my room. I hate this shit. It's the title of this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> and again, it does the movie does feel. I want to be very clear here. I know exactly what this movie is, and I and I'm still uh, I'm I'm going to give it a positive review because I like this thing. But I want to be very clear: if you're not into this, stay away because it's not. It, it, this is not the movie that's going to bring you in. This movie feels like a one-off. It feels like a part of a trilogy that we didn't see the other movies involved. That's kind of what it feels like here. Because we've got a tight cast doing a very specific thing, and it's like we're supposed to be built into this camaraderie and this energy already. Okay. And it, but they're all new, but they all work together very well. And it just it it had a weird kind of feeling in that direction. What um movie in the trilogy does it feel like? Uh, the second. One. Okay. Weird. What the worst movie? It it's it's odd. <laughs> now. Um, and I, I think partly because of that is like, you know, there's not a ton of world building here. It's two hours, but again, it's we're boom, 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 boom. We're jet setting. We're doing a lot of things. Okay. We're in a lot of private jets. All right. Now I hate to defend it, but I do like when a movie is so immersed in its own genre that we don't need to reset up everything. I think that's the problem with a lot of superhero movies now. Yeah. Is that for a while they were so deep into like the MCU um, season three or whatever the fuck you call it, that we didn't have to have origin stories anymore. And then you get the weird movie like Morbius coming out and people are like, why are we doing this again? Yeah. So I understand the value of just kind of jumping into it, but if the relationships don't work, that's an issue where you're like, I don't care about you and your best friend. I don't even buy it. The thing is, is that everybody works here um, because again, I, I think a lot of it, the casting, he reuses a lot of the same people. Oh, okay. So Jason Statham, Hugh Grant, Josh Hartnett, Eddie Marsden, these people are in most of his movies and you can kind of feel that. Now we've got two, we've got two new faces. Uh, that are involved in this casting. 
these two faces are, are very familiar. Uh, one, a female, we talk about this young lady a lot. Aubrey Plaza has joined the Guy Ritchie universe. Oh, dude, my favorite. I'm going to be very clear. She is the comedic relief in this. Oh, no. With her... I, I think there's multiple versions of Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this, and I am very clear. I've never liked her more than I like her now. Yeah, but you like her anyway. Mm-mm. No, I the, the Parks and Rec Aubrey Plaza, it was like, all right, I get it. Okay. Okay. But what she's become now, dude, she's 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 a fantastic uh she's great. I I I've I, I really tuned into what she's become as an actor. Uh I was again highly impressed with Emily the criminal and what she brought there. Um now again, here this is different. You know, her responsibility is to be the funny one. Um she does it. I I I like what she did here. And she's good in an action movie. She plays a smart hacker person. That's Oh, she's a hacker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quirky. Okay. She's doing the whole thing. And she's got to play the sexy part. She does everything right. She you can do a lot with her. She's there's utility and she brings it. I she's great. I I I'm really I I really like what she's doing. Now the other one. Mm-hmm. Is a man. I'm hoping I know who it is. I it's I was I was surprised to see this guy because I feel like we don't see him as much as we should. I love this man. It's Carrie Elwes. Okay, good. And he's perfect because he plays a fancy little uh, British government official. Um, there's a con. There's a one. There's one ongoing joke that is a theme in the movie. It never pays off like it should. It's just, it just, it keeps going back to Jason Statham loving wine and having rich taste. Wow. And bankrupting the department over one single bottle of wine from 2004. And Carrie Elwes, like, that's basically what their discussion is mm-hmm. of how he's robbing the department. That's mainly the role Carrie Elwes plays oh, in this movie. Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes. <laughs> He's, they don't give him a ton to do here. And that, that's the disappointing thing. Also, you would figure that he kind of plays the boss of the group, right? Um, he's running the outfit for the main guy working for MI6. So he has to control the group. He assembles the group and he's the director, essentially, uh, of this operation. Um, now, what they're trying to steal uh, that has been stolen, again, most of these things deal with, by the way. So when you're dealing with spies, okay. the reason why I said this is spies for movies is because if you get into the real hardcore spy shit, you want to talk about the Hold most on. boring pieces Hold. of shit you've Hold ever on. seen. Say that again. <laughs> say that, say that. I wasn't ready, but it feels appropriate. You want to talk about hardcore spy shit. Unfortunately, it's not that at all. <laughs> it should be, but it's not. Oh, Go watch God. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and tell me that's not a hunk of shit. <laughs> Go watch yep. A Most Wanted Man. If you're dealing with that Jean Kair bullshit, it's fucking Sleepy Town, USA. So this, we got to add a little salt. We got to add a little pepper. We got to add a little vinegar. That's what's going on here. 
and we also have to add a whole lot of water. <laughs> we do, it's got to have some seasoning, but we got to water it down too. So, um, that that's the thing, and also so that's why a guy like Carrie Elwes, you would expect him. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I go back and forth. You would expect him <laughs> to be the it. bad guy, and he's not. There's no double cross in this movie. There's nothing. It, it's it's what you exactly what you think it's going to happen. That's what happens. But everything is rested on the laurels of charisma from the actors, and it works. Yeah. It's fun. And it's competent. They're cool cars. They're all over, you know, they're in Italy. They're in, in Turkey. They're in Madrid. They're in Los Angeles. They're all over the place. Um, shout out to, okay, what's your favorite Carrie Ellis movie? Saw. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I knew that. I just wanted to. Princess Bride. I just wanted to mention my movie because I knew you'd ask me. You know, I love Prince. I, I discovered this late. I remember, um, I think me and Oksana were just going through the DVDs we had never watched. And we threw on the alphabet killer. Mm. Shout out to Tom Malloy. Uh, well, God, talk about a guest that was in. God, he was like number 15 or something. He was early. If you can find the episode, go listen to it. I'm sure it's awful. But Tom Malloy oh, is great. God. And uh, yeah, the alphabet killer starring Elijah Dushku, Carrie Elwes. Also supporting actors, Michael Ironside, Bill Mosley. That's a hidden horror. That's a man. Yeah. That's heavy hitter row right there. Dude. Also, uh, Tom Malloy's in the movie, too. Our boy, so. Tom Malloy. Yeah, what's he doing? He's still making movies? He's got a new dance movie coming out. God, what was the West Coast Swing? No, it's no, he has it, it's for real. He has a new dance movie. That's not a bit. Out. That's not a bit. I saw it. <laughs> no, I saw didn't. the trailer. Because I follow. Also, he's got Tales from the Dead Zone. And the oh, he's crushing it. Therapy. No wonder he doesn't talk to us anymore. <laughs> Operation Fortune. I might go see this. Oh God! So Andy, here's the hell here's up. the thing. Here's the, now again, like I said, there's another uh, there's another agent, Mike. Mike is trying to get the same thing they want. Do you know what they stole? Uh, Maltese Falcon. An AI. Oh God! I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the? How do they steal it? That's is, a third act reveal too. Is it on a dump drive? <laughs> is it on a floppy? Randy, disc? I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> it's to overturn oh. the world's banking system and to make gold the king again. And so they bought oh. a, bu a bunch of crypto dudes, bought a bunch of gold, and so yeah, they've got two dudes that are well, uh, okay. Hold on. One dude looks like the guy you brought over yesterday. This movie's getting real gritty. Um, yeah. So a bunch of crypto dudes yeah. are destabilizing the world economy. Mm -hmm. They're uh, really undercutting fiat currency and getting people all scared. But meanwhile, they're buying up all the gold shares so that when it all comes back together, they'll be rich. Yes. And this gold, is the fucking stupid. It will reset the go. It will reset capitalism. It and will then, reset the you know the market. But the AI that they stole actually has the Midas touch and has figured out a way using alchemy to create gold. So they have to kill the AI to keep their secure valuable. Now, if you had to guess the plot, I just did. If you had to guess what the price of gold of this AI is on the black market. Oh. Now, uh, the, here's the thing about this AI. <laughs> it apparently here's, here's what they, Wait. here's how they explained it in the movie. It basically can do 
anything you wanted to do. <laughs> and they're going to put it on the black market? <laughs> it's like, basically, you tell it to do anything, it will do it. That's essentially the context they give you of how powerful this AI is. Okay. So basically, like, yeah, they're going to destroy the banking system. Okay. And make gold the king. And then um, you want me to guess so, so, how so much? They, they broke into this facility, you know, you know, killed like 200 people. Oh, they're not going Ocean's Eleven. There's murder. No, because that's why it's a black market thing, because it's stolen. So now it's in the black market. And so what do you think the running price for an all-powerful AI is? All right. Given my, we'll go around the room. Given my extensive movie knowledge, I will tell you that any time a film tries to put a price on something world-changing, it is always woefully low. Mm. And you're like, what? It's kind of like if you had a game show now and you win a million dollars. True. You can kill a guy for like two grand. I mean, our government spent <laughs> trillions of dollars this year. So it's like, okay, how are you going to impress me? I feel like this movie's not going to overcompensate. It's going to be Guy Ritchie. He's trapped in the past. Uh, I'm going to say $5 billion. $5 billion from Russell Fisher. Oksana Valerinovo, Sachi. A trillion. <laughs> All right. And Randy Michael Stapp. $250 million. Okay. I like how we are all over the board yeah, here. Yeah. We're really okay, trying first to of all, Again, Oksana, someone has to buy it. So if, if something is for sale for a trillion dollars, someone has to have. Nope. Yeah, yep. Again, black market. <laughs> Again. And and again, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> okay. I don't even think I've seen any of his movies. That's why I like you. Lockstock, two smoking barrels. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Snatch. Oh, I saw Snatch. Ah, there you go. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we isolate that. Uh, the price is ten billion dollars. Oh, look at! I knew it. You know, that's why I'm one of the hosts of the show yeah. and not a producer who just fails at my job. I. Know the price that Guy Ritchie would put on an AI. That's it. But I think Oksana is ultimately correct. It should have, you could have made some interesting commentary there where the price is so high that you're like, how could anybody buy this? Yeah. And it's like, well, because it's for a government. And I just want to be clear I didn't spoil anything. That's not the point of the movie. Like, who cares? No. Like, what the whole thing is. <laughs> Again, the movie is the, the cast and the ensemble and how everything works. It's fun, it moves, it's not boring. Um, it's a lighthearted fun time at the movies. Yeah, the movie's all about a bottle of water. What? <laughs> bottle of water. It's like check bottle out my water. check out my fire pistol holster. I don't know what are cool guy. Oh things? man, I, can I tell you? I love that you've committed to accent work, <laughs> and so we'll just keep working on it. It's going to be a rough oh, start. No, don't but worry. Let's keep going. If it were good, this wouldn't work. That's why I feel confident because right. I fucking hate these movies. Uh, but yeah, that's it. No, I'm sorry. I wonder. I wanted to keep you uh, to tell you that. But yeah, go Pete. No, because I'm it's, okay. It's your I'm out of here. Oh, I'm back. Is that your Glassman clap? <laughs> All right, Russell John the Fisherman. I don't even know. Did you see a movie this week, dude? Y'all didn't go out to the theater. Yeah, we didn't go to the theater. Um, Y'all didn't go see uh, Operation Fortune, Rules de Guerre, which was the big, uh, was a big release this week, dude. I had a big release. <clears throat> nice. Had to grab my phone because we did not go to the theater. I did. Uh, we got an invite to go watch Creed 3. I'm sorry? We didn't take it up. Creed 3. Creed 3. Oh, I thought you said, all right, first I thought you said Creep 3, and I was like, oh, what dude. the fuck? Yeah, that would be I would have been angry. So oh, if You Creep didn't tell 3? me? 
Yeah. No, you've already scolded you, me on the show enough. Well, because my homies I'm, ain't my homies no more. By the way, <laughs> Tom Sizemore died. Y'all uh-huh. didn't say shit. No, I didn't care. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, did you make a noise over there? Say who? Yeah, what, oh. are you, what are you, you better be an owl. I thought she said, ooh, not who. Um, who made who? No, we didn't. So we had a correspondent, also known as East Bay cinematographer, Jasadi Perkins, go out and watch a movie. Now, um, what? Clark, I know, I know how you feel because I didn't get an invite to this movie. As uh, Jasadi texted me from within the theater saying, bro, I'm at <laughs> Children of the Corn. As he went to the remake. Oh, man. And I said, what the fuck, dude? I saw that there was a new one. I said, what the fuck, dude? No invite? And he was like, bro, this shit is bad. <laughs> so he, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be brief here. He sent me a, um, he's like, here's my favorite part of the movie. Here's actual dialogue from the movie. Uh, he said, to show you how goofy this movie was, here's my favorite line. Town leader. This is how he wrote it out. Town leader. We have to think about the future of the corn economy. Random man. Corn economy can kiss my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. And scene. That sounds pretty sick. I know. Uh, that's the problem when you like cherry pick the worst moments of a boring movie. You end up making it sound kind of fun. Uh, guess how many tomatoes it has. None. Six. Wait. Last I, I checked, how- it was six percent. Oh, okay. I thought you meant how many people reviewed it. I'm shocked people reviewed it. How many people? How many of those people do you think actually watched it? I would assume that they have integrity. <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine. Um, okay, out of all four of us in this room, Randy, you're here in spirit. Who do yep. you think would be the critic that would go out for a newspaper and watch these movies and give like a real report? Out of all of us, mm-hmm. Clark W. Little. No, hell no. As a reminder, you're a as a journalist. reminder. <laughs> I, I am an educated. Hell no. It would be Randy Michael Stan. It would not be Randy Michael Stan. And Randy would be looking up Wayne Wong or whatever the fuck. And he would be like, why the fuck am I here watching Children of the Corn remade? In Randy's not a writer. <laughs> He's a writer dyer. He's a writer dyer. Writer <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea. Oh, I hate this. Okay. So I did watch a movie. Um, while we were filming Blu-ray Tuesday, Terrell came over and started talking a lot about a film that was being remade. Another remake, not Children of the Corn. But a film that I, I realized I hadn't watched before and made quite a wave in 2014. Oh, of course, I'm talking, about, year. I'm talking about everybody's favorite film, Last Shift. Oh. Now, Oksana asked you about this earlier and you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Wait a minute. I have one question. Yeah. In on the no, po- don't spoil anything. No, I'm not spoiling okay. anything. On the poster art, mm-hmm. is there like a pentagram? Yeah. Yep. You already got it. Okay. Have you? Did you watch? No, it? but I know what you're talking about. Now. Okay, that's how I felt too when I saw the cover. I'm like, oh, I know of that movie. Yep. I never watched it. Yep, yep. And it kind of feels like it's the problem when you really um, embrace the genre. You end up kind of getting mixed in the sure in the mix like you just kind of blend in and i you know i never watched this so last shift from 2014 a rookie cop's first shift alone in the last night of a closing police station turns into a living nightmare Mm. um i know it it doesn't really grab me either but you know it does uh a friend coming over and saying you got to watch this i can't believe you haven't seen it so terrell dug up his blu-ray which is hard because he has thousands of them dug it up brought it over 
Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Uh, how does he do his filing system? I believe it's uh, you stack them on the floor <laughs> till they hit the ceiling, <laughs> and then you start another stack right next to it. Really? Yeah, he's got a lot. But how does he find what he wants to find? You know, there's a thing when you're a collector, you just kind of know. You just kind of know where they are. Okay, so there's no organization. No. Okay, like, that's fine. I have no. I got. I got no problems with that. Yeah. I intuit uh, I things myself. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> You've got problems. <laughs> Yeah. He's, like, he's like, my Criterion movies come with the number on the spine, but I put them in alphabetical <laughs> order anyway. Randy, do you go straight alphabetical? I do. I have separate. Criterion is uh, in its own thing, and it goes by spine number. Oh, but everything this, else goes alphabetical. See, now I have number. a problem with, with coordinating by spine number because uh, me, if I were to visit, and I'm like, hey, Randy, thank you for inviting me over. It's been a long time. I was starting to worry you were never going to invite me over. I'm sitting down <laughs> looking at your collection. And you have it in spine number. I would assume that you're collecting them all, and uh, you just don't strike me as a completionist. You don't strike me as a Pokemon guy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta catch them all. No, the other the, here's the problem with the spine number thing. It's another thing to learn. Oh my god! Like you, you have to, you have to uh, correspond the spine number with the title. So it's another fucking complication. It's stupid. No, Don't do that. See, the thing is, you'd just be buying the numbers. You're like, oh, I need number four. Yeah, but then, when, again, if you want to pull something, it's like, oh, uh, let's watch Nashville. Okay, where is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's mine number 46. <laughs> but if you're a collector, you'd know. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yes, but th- it's still. Yeah, honestly, I thought Randy was going to be like, they are in alphabetical order, but not by film title, by director name. I did that. I know. <laughs> what? I Yes, I would do that. I did oh, that. Oh God! I did that a hundred percent. That was Skinny Clark. I that was Skinny Clark. <laughs> he uh, was weird, and I bet that guy was toxic. I'm glad I don't know him. No, 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 no. First of all, you don't know me at all. <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, it was director for for directors that I had multiple copies of. Oh my God! So that's what it was. that's creepy. No, I you know that's a horror movie. It's like you're, How, you, you just no. It's just like I had all my Michael Bay's, so I had to get oh them all there God. together. No, <laughs> see, it, it, the movie starts kind of like the Guy Ritchie trilogy thing. We're in the middle of it, and uh, we assume you've been on a date night. You bring home a girl; she's out of your league, but she's apparently been having a great time. Then we get to know you a little Always, bit. Always, again, you know Dude. me so well, and you know you're funny, you're charismatic, and then everything looks great. Your house is clean. She's uh, sitting down while you go to make drinks. She gets up and starts fingering through your oh, your, your criterions. And she's like, hmm, they're not in the spine. Unfortunately, order. that's the only thing she's going to be fingering <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> and she's like, wait, they're not. How are these organized? And then, you know, the camera gets really close. It's a really tight frame on her face. And she gets wide eyed. And she realizes they're alphabetical by director name. Yes. And then she doesn't realize you're behind her. And you drop the glasses. This is the horror movie we need to make. Because the it, the, <laughs> the other caveat to that is that we were looking for the movie Audition. <laughs> and so if it started with, you know, it starts with an A, that should be an easy yeah, one to exactly. find. But the director is Miki Takahashi. <laughs> <laughs> we just couldn't find it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo, what a callback. Bam. Yeah, it was those worth those it. were our hardcore fans. It was worth it. Who listened to last week's episode? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I we got good feedback on Nick Roth. Go check it out. He actually circled back around and started liking our posts too. On he's Instagram. a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, again, little inside baseball, a little behind the curtain. He's the godfather to your son. <laughs> 
Terrell was like, oh, man, he's so interesting. I'm going to follow him. And then I got another text. He said, I don't know. He's pretty Hollywood on Instagram. Oh, boy. And what that means is that he has many a follower and only follows two people. Oh, is that is that the telltale sign? You know, one, I, of, one of which is his wife. Oh, God. What a fucking cuck. <laughs> Love you, Nick. Love to have Caring you back husband. <laughs> anyway, uh, what was the movie I was talking about? Oh, yeah. Operation Last- Fortune. Rose de Guerre. <laughs> Last shift. Now, on the tangent upon tangent we went on while uh, approaching this film might make you think that I didn't like it. Quite. Oh, the contraire. Is that? (laughs) that Quite. Oh, the contraire. Is that a literary reference? That's your new segment. Okay. (laughs) Now, last shift, uh, I'm going to say it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. Which is weird. Now, I didn't jump. And I got called out for not enjoying the film. As a reminder, you got scared during Cocaine Bear. Oh, dude, that was that was a drug-induced fear. It was a nightmare. That movie was scary, man. And Oksana, that, was Cocaine Bear scary? Yeah, it had its moments. Okay. I jumped a couple oh, thank times. You. Look at she's she's the nip. Randy, Ross. how scary I, how scary I was, was Cocaine Bear? Sober. Randy? <laughs> not really much at all. Oh, shut up, Randy. <laughs> Randy, Randy watches pedophiles hanging five years old, and then he'll be like. No tear. What cuties? He didn't yeah, like he cuties. Was, cuties didn't <laughs> shake Randy. Cocaine Never bear is not going to shake Randy. Randy, you fucking lie for me, man. What, what about cocaine cuties? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that kind of happens in the movie. Or cutie bears. Oh, dude, that's a different movie. Cocaine cutie bears. Cocaine cutie bears. That's a. That's a hell of a title. And that's why this show <laughs> will never get eyeballs on it. No, exactly. All right. Last shift. Because we're an audio medium. Hey, no. Last shift. Um, Again, I, I gave it kind of a critique that it so embraces the horror genre that it can't really escape it. And here's the thing. Ooh. It's fucking good. Um, the How fact, good is it? Now, one critique. <laughs> uh, part of the plot has to. It centers around a cult. Uh, one of the people oh, that was hope. locked up in this. um in the cell in god okay do they do, do we have a lot of cult stuff is it very culty or is it like a little is it a little side garnish it's supernatural culty okay now i Thank know you for your time it's kind of it's kind of i don't know it's aesthetically it's not my favorite so um the police officer it is her first shift uh which which is the the actor name on imdb the top one or the bottom one TikTok. The top one. That's her. That's her actor name. That's a character's name. Oh God! I don't, what? See, this is what happens. We need to start editing this show. We need to go back to old Netflix. No more of this live shit. <laughs> Jessica Lauren is a um, pretty girl. What problem do you have with that name? Nothing. They just both felt so real that I'm like, which is the character? I couldn't tell. Normally, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, normally it's like Guy Wolf or something. Yeah, you wouldn't expect someone to really be named Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. So uh, I was riffing on the movie a little bit at the beginning. I was poking Terrell because he was poking me. That's what friends do. Oh, how cute. I'm, <laughs> don't tell Oksana. And um, she's, you're cutting her. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, this pretty cop. She's coming in there. Yeah, she's real tough. And I was just kind of giving him that. Terrell loves a strong female lead. Sure. He, he was biting into it. Here's the thing. Our protagonist is a rookie cop who also is a pretty girl. And I feel like that feeds into the narrative here because despite all of the paranormal happenings, she stands tall by her man. No, she's alone. 
And the thing is, in uh, horror movies, whenever you're dealing with a haunted house, the first thing is, why the fuck don't you just leave? And I felt like this movie kind of stacked every good reason you could have. One, she's trying to prove herself. She had a a tough phone call with her mom before she came in. She's a police officer. Also, sometimes when things were getting hairy, she would recite the oath she took to the job. And I thought that was really interesting because at first it was when she was saying it was kind of under her breath and I thought it was a prayer. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to go like, She's a, um, you know, she moonlights as a uh, Christian, so she's going to fight back and reveal her cross, but they don't do that. Yeah. And, you know, everything is heightened by the villain having some pretty good makeup. The the pentagram face that you recall from the poster, it looks good in here. Everything is practical. We get a lot of directional lighting as the lights come in and out in the police station and she's looking around using her flashlight. And we get that very... Um, X-Files kind of I'm holding a pistol and a flashlight yeah. look, which I love, even though I've I've heard it just ripped apart by people online who are like, that's not how you really do it. I don't care. It looks cool. Hey, I, you know what? I don't want to ruin this movie. I do think it has a lot of effective scares. You're gonna know where it's going, but just enjoy the ride. I mean, this is kind of the Guy Ritchie of horror here. It's a, it's a fun one. And it's sick. Yeah, like, you know, people pop up and she's getting phone calls while she's there and the whole time you're like, it's a ghost. And what's our what's our runtime, partner? The runtime here, I believe, is 90 minutes. It's an hour 28. Love it. Yeah. No, it's a it's and you know what? It's all earned. I mean, you got to earn these 90 minutes now. But the reason I mention it is it heavy supernatural. Um, kind of. The only thing I don't like about that is the cult element. You know why? Do you know why I get I get sticky with the supernatural sometimes in motion pictures? Why? Uh, because sometimes it lends itself to uh, let's call it sketchy CG. Oh yeah, none of that. Okay, there's none of it. It's okay. all in camera, and it's it actually kind of feels like it's low budget. But the casting, the makeup department, and the location were all working. Is there any indication? Indicate I, a, a hint, not even. I mean, God forbid it even show on the screen, but any indication of some of that ominous black demon smoke. What do you like? Literal like demon? Yeah, but, I mean, anytime that like an evil force, it's like that black no CG um, garbage. We get uh, it's like they voted a bad pope. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> perfect that we were talking about Gothica earlier. Thank you for that laugh of mercy, Randy. <laughs> a lot of it is kind of like lights flicker and something will be there and then it will be gone. Like it's more of that. Like it's all in camera. Have you ever heard the dad joke of uh, if when someone smells marijuana smoke? No. Are you going to nope. tell it? Yes. Oh, someone elected a pope in Mexico. Oh my God. Green smoke. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> I vaguely understood And that gives it. me so much joy. You know, it's it's bad when you don't get it immediately and then you have to take like a mental walk down the street. And then Correct. Like, yeah. Again, this is my, that's my neighborhood. <laughs> You're walking on my streets. Right. I'm the mayor of that town. You're going to come clean my pipes? Dude? That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Terrell didn't just bring up a random movie from 2014. There's a little bit of controversy here. Oh, as he is the second lead <laughs> of the film. <laughs> that would be very cool <laughs> and very uh, strange. The, the film would have to take a different turn. But the director, Anthony de Blasi, oh. is uh, working on a new film um, whose name is Malum. 
No. Okay. Malum. I know exactly the road you're going down. I, I know all about this. Oh, so you do know Malum. I know Malum. Uh, let me go ahead and read from IMDb what Malum's about. A rookie police officer willingly takes the last shift at a new decommissioned police station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection between her father's death and a vicious cult. A.K.A. this is a remake of Last Shift. Damn. And here's the thing. People are like, why? Because they liked, they liked is uh, not strong enough. People loved Last Shift. And I understand why. Um, honestly, the way the cinematography, just the way it was captured, one, it felt like it was shot on film. Two, it felt classic. Like the way that framing and editing, the, the whole composition of what this film is technically yeah. felt very classic horror. And for 2014, I don't know if I say that a lot. Like, I don't know if I look back at those movies and I'm like, oh, I've never watched this, but I understand why people like it. So now, now that we're here and we've gotten a PR for a screener of Malum, I'm kind of with the uh, audience and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to watch it because the poster looks fantastic. Oh, we got the Malum screening? We got a Malum. Well, I don't know. Did we get the screener yet? We're working on it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But I'm kind of there. I'm kind of there now. (laughs) Also, uh, again, Terrell, you know, he's part of the Overlook family who also posted that we were watching it. and was like, I don't know why they're remaking it. And uh, (laughs) our buddy, um, Anthony de Blasi, jumped in and commented, well, I think we did a pretty good job. And Terrell was like, oh, no. <laughs> Damn. He was like, fuck, because there's so many people commenting. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing this. Terrell, you got to get smart now. <laughs> Honestly, like when, no. when you've got when you've got that exposure. No, fuck that. No, you got to be think, smart. I think you stay authentic and honest. Yes, and, but you can be smart. And no, fuck it. Be diplomatic. Live your truth. Make some money. And if you want to get out there and be like, why the fuck are they remaking this? Do it. Don't Terrell, hire it. me as your manager. <laughs> hire me as your PR manager. I'll take it to the top. Don't filter that shit. Russell's taking you down a terrible no, no, path. No. Can this show hire you as a PR? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's not how it works. If I can't, I can't be involved in it. When I'm a part of the creative thing, it's a whole different thing. But I can run another person's career, no problem. <laughs> right into Terrell, the join, ground. Join the party. No, but here's the thing. I'm actually kind of, a, there's some hype here for me now. I feel invested, even though I watched the movie fucking seven years after it came out. I'm like, yeah, why are you remaking it? And but here's the thing. When I think of somebody who remade a movie that they made, uh, I'm thinking funny games. And uh, Michael Haneke. We could we could have a little discussion on whether that was worth it or not. But either way, it's kind of like you get the movie out there twice. I don't know. I'm into it. Um, He brought over a Blu-ray, but I. I'll help you track it down if you want to watch it, Clark. I honestly, I thought it was pretty good and you dig it. Um, And then I got one more movie and then I promised the show will end. I know everybody's there looking at their watch. Like how fucking long are they going to be talking? It's fine. I just ordered my chili cheese fries. From where? Chili? Jeffrey's. Epstein's? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. I love the Epstein's diner. Dude, um, I, dude, I've been going back to Jeffrey's again. I like Jeffrey's. Don't say that on the podcast, never been. dude. This is why we get flagged on YouTube. Jeffrey's is a peninsula classic, dude. <laughs> okay. So I went to Netflix not to watch Chris Rock. Boo. Oh, uh, what about season five of Drive to Survive, Formula One? <laughs> what? Is season a, five of Drive to is Survive. Is that a docu-series? Yes. It's oh why God. Formula One has gotten so popular in the Americas. 
Oh no, that's in True. the queue. <laughs> I'll Rand- get to that. Randy, you watching season five of Drive to Survive? No, I don't even think I finished season one. It's very okay, Randy. We're back on the same team. By the way, they've got a dri- They've got they've got one for golf now. They've got one for tennis. Oh my god! The one for tennis is good. The one for golf, I gave up five minutes in. I don't care about golf. You, I don't yeah. care about tennis, but the tennis one is at least interesting. You reek of golf. Do though. you know what they do with the? For, do you know what their formula is with Drive to Survive? It's very interesting. It's one. It, it's it, one. Randy, let's see, we're on the same team. Thank dude. you so much. <laughs> they take they take the Rashomon approach. Oh, but they keep doing it with every team. So it's like we keep going back. It 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 turns into the last day of Christmas of storytelling. <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, blah, 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 blah. we keep going back to the same fucking ones. It was like, how many times are we going to hear about the partridge in the pear tree? I'm fucking sa- I know about the partridge in the pear tree, but we keep going back to the version of that in this show because the way that the storytelling is done and it's layered, but it's fucking annoying and bullshit. <laughs> Just watch regular Formula One. Thank you. Wait, so I shouldn't watch the show now. I'm over the show. That's what I'm saying. I'm struggling to finish it. Your identity is because of the show. And also, no, no, because it also it turns into the. the uh, Are you melting? <laughs> <What is that>? <laughs> <laughs> the it, curse is broken. You're no, dying? it turns into like Us Weekly of <laughs> bullshit. It's like you know, all about the drama. I don't care. You know. <laughs> us weekly a bullshit because us weekly is pure journalism on its own that's what i'm saying it's like it it they're they they're, they're trying to get into you know because it's all these you know wealthy european brats and uh you know they they start getting snippy at each other and that's what the show is but i heard and there's a lot of backstabbing i heard there's an american in the there is logan sergeant okay all right are you done you convinced one. me not to watch this show i never wanted to watch but I, you did watch uh, Senna. Oh, my God, because you made me. You had a good time. It was okay. Thank you so much. No, I liked it. It was fun watching it downstairs. So I went <laughs> I went to Netflix to watch the hot new movie. It's a bottle of water movie. Bottle of water. Bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> the Strays. Do you know what that is? Uh, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx. The Strays, a black woman's meticulously crafted life of privilege starts to unravel when two strangers show up in her quaint suburban town. Also, man, I got beef with this, too. Here we go. She's not living in the suburbs. What do you mean? (laughs) She's she's rich. Yeah, it's just residential. This movie, they even call it. Suburbs is rich, right? It is yeah. not rich. It can be. What are you talking what about? What do you think of Pleasanton? Yes. The okay. richest communities in the world are suburban <laughs> areas, dude. Really? Yes, because the filth is in the city. Oh, maybe I've been looking at film culture all yeah. wrong. <laughs> because I always thought, yeah, it's just like nice houses or whatever. These people are fucking rich, though. Yes, they that's why like they royalty. live in the suburbs. Rich people don't live in the city. That's where the people who have pigmentation in their skin live. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, hey, funny you Get should say that. Um, so yeah, the strays. This movie opens up, and we have a very light-skinned black woman. Now, normally, uh, this is how me and Clark talk about movies, anyway. But for this film, it's it actually matters. Uh, Chris Rock would refer to him as a Steph Curry black man. Oh, I, that black was woman. good. Actually, you know, not Draymond Green. It's funny because <laughs> the Draymond Green joke was good. Yeah, and 
it's actually really relevant to you know today, right i finished this movie today and i watched that chris rock stand up and i'm like whoa these are very like similar um yeah talking because what was his bit kind of built to uh it's not racist to talk about how black somebody's skin is like how light-skinned or how dark-skinned he's like because black people do it all the time yeah and then he goes on like a very funny bit about that now i had never heard that i i mean i guess i would assume it because there's clearly a lot of like energy in that conversation yeah but this movie's kind of all about it and we open up and we see a uh, lady depart from her home. Now, she does the female version of I'm going to get a carton of milk and never returns. But her thing is I'm going to the hair salon and she never returns. And then we um, skip forward uh, many years and she's now moved into what I have recently been informed is rich people culture. She's living in the suburb of mansions in Bottlewater, England. Bottlewater. I think I think she's always been over there. We, we're traveling across the pond for this movie, which I did not realize. And um, she's married a white man. Now, the first thing I thought, fuck, this, this is going to be like the Monique movie. Because Terrell's been bringing me all these great genre films. And he said, you know, you thought Monique was bad in the reading. Just you wait for the strays. And I got to say, I disagree, dude. Now, the strays is a... Um, uh, it's a drama that's kind of masquerading as a horror movie. I guess you would call it a thriller. And it's really a social film kind of calling into question identity. And it, I just feel like it's the conversation there just doesn't really go anywhere. Now, this is about a black woman who's kind of running from her past. And um, the strays, the title is about the children she left behind. Because they show up. Uh-huh. And the thing is, they're very, they're a lot darker than her. And they're kind of embodying um, black culture where she is wearing wigs and she's, comp- she's changed the way she talked. And she's really embraced being kind of like a homogenized suburban. What do you think her thoughts on Tyler Perry would be? I think she would avoid the conversation completely. Interesting. (laughs) Kind of like how I avoided answering that question. Thank you so much. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's kind of about imposter syndrome, I think. Now, there's a thing. Now, if you haven't seen Terrell's Blu-ray Tuesday, he wears a wig and he scratches his head. And he calls to the... Because he has lice? No. Well, he said uh, it's kind of like whenever people talk about ants, you start to feel them on you. Yeah. Uh, Because the lead in this movie is constantly scratching her fake hair. And... Now, on the surface, I think you would take that as kind of, um, you know, her living a lie and she's pretending to be somebody she's not. And it's kind of getting at her. And the movie. No, I don't know. This movie, it feels kind of like a Trojan horse for the conversation, because by the end of it, I will say the ending is uh, I didn't see it coming. And it both was the best part of the movie and the biggest letdown for me. Because when the movie ended, I went, oh, this is just not a horror movie. Because mm. there's like, like by the third act. Off screen kills? No, no kills. Okay. There's one. There's one kill. Maybe. One kill. Honestly, it feels a little bit more like a metaphor. Your blade can kill. So here, let me, uh, <laughs> I'll just yada, yada, yada. What happened to that show? I promise I won't spoil too much. If you want to watch the movie, it's not really about like, the aesthetics of horror because it's really again a trojan horse i think it's taking on the genre as kind of a vehicle so people watch it 
when it's really kind of like a light conversation about, I don't know, this is a horror movie if you're a self-hating white person and you feel guilty for like stealing or ruining black culture. Yet the movie... You can make some money off that. The movie doesn't really get into like culture though. It doesn't really address that in any way. It, it kind of stays superficial on like what it means to be black and now identify as like white maybe. Even though everybody around her seems to kind of do the lame um, white person thing where they are like, oh, you're a black lady. And we all celebrate that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that feels honestly kind of worse to me. Sure. And um, so her kids show up and she's confronted with her past. And ultimately, by the end of the movie, we learn that she might just be a bad person or she's dealing with trauma in a fucked up way. And in the third act, there's a home invasion. The family's kind of held hostage by this thing. And as the movie's ramping up, it kind of ends abruptly. Now, Oksana did say there's one kill. Maybe. This is the weirdest part of the movie. Um, You're her, doubting that? So she had... Oh, here's the thing. So uh, her her ex-children, the strays that she's abandoned. Her ex-children. Well, she treats them like she others them, kind of, which is really hurtful. And the movie doesn't really linger. Wait, on she's that. a ghost in a gothic <laughs> house. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty good. Thank you. No, but she she really does treat them like uh, not her kin. And when they show up, they uh, they take the family hostage and they make them do all this shit. Like not at gunpoint. It's kind of more of a social hostage situation. Her son does get a little rough at one point. Kind of throws her back in the room, and her husband says like. Her current husband, the white guy, says, I want a divorce. And this makes uh, her ex-children mad. And they end up, uh, her her dark son says, oh, you got a gym? How much you pushing, old man? And he brings him in there. Now, if <laughs> anytime we go into a weight room in a horror movie, you can pretty much bet you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. There was the Severn film about the luchador that I loved, and I can't think of the name now. Low Life. No, low life was good, but I don't remember any murders happening in a gym. Mm -mm. Um, can you look that up? There was a murder in the backyard for a quesadilla. That is true. It's uh, cool, very cool. No, but I'm I'm mostly thinking Final Destination, where they design a workout machine so that it can Rube Goldberg murder somebody, which was cool. But it's like, dude, you would never have a you would never put the plates in that position where they could swing oh, yeah, down yeah, and yeah, crush yeah, your yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. So in this movie. Um, the excommunicated son brings in the new father and uh, he forces him to bench press. So now <laughs> this is happening mostly off camera, but we do cut in there and the son is putting a lot of weight on there. And the dad, honestly, is kind of hanging in there. We don't really see him lifting it, but we get to about, I think it was two plates, probably a 25 and like a five on top of that. So we're up into the upper 200 pounds that he's, forcing him to bench press now he gets it up and he's like hey man i can't do it i can't do it and he's like kind of shaking well uh the kid goes over and grabs a machete and he's like that's not good enough man you gotta learn and he's he's menacing him with the machete while the dude is holding up weight that he can't bench mm -hmm. to me i had a very visceral reaction i'm like that's terrifying because when you're lifting weight like that you know you really got to be kind of mentally focused on there so if a dude's menacing you with a machete i'm like this is a terrifying situation sure. well we cut away from the room and you hear the weights go down and you hear oh and there's a loud crunch and oksana said what, what did you say there 
I said, can't he just tilt the bar and those those weights fall off of one side? Yeah, and I was like, no, you know, you'd put weight locks normally. How was how was the foley on the crunch? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was honestly, it was bad. And uh, honestly, I what think, do you think it was? I don't know. It felt like it was ripped offline or something. I'm sure they put more like effort into it because the movie is uh, the would movie. It, would it be better or worse if I if I tore into a bed of uh, iceberg lettuce? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of on par. <laughs> you probably want you probably want to go celery sticks. Okay. Oh, see, I, <laughs> I was waiting for Randy to get in here. Celery well, sticks. Here's the thing. Now, um, well, again, we were calling back to our high school careers and being skinnier. Now, when I weighed 185 pounds and I skated all day, I also was working out on a terrible cheap bench. Now, if you now, you, home home workout home bench. Were you ever involved in the the gym culture? Yeah, a long time. Okay, I went I went to a bunch of them out here, Valley's twenty four hour. I did a how many bad habits did racket. you see there? Um, I don't know. The worst thing is just uh the like faux camaraderie. Like nothing is worse than when you go alone and somebody tries to come spot you. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, if I was going to do something and need a spotter, I, I would probably, one, I would never do that because I wouldn't ask. I was just too shy. Yep. But two, dude, don't force yourself over here. Also, it's a weird position, especially in a bench where, like, your head's down by their junk and you're like, dude, I don't know you. It's it's weird. Um, There's a great scene in Tulsa King. Oh, my God. <laughs> where a guy was telling Sylvester Stallone that he was not doing the kettlebell exercise properly. Oh, dude, that's real. And then Sylvester Stallone proceeded to tell him where he would stick this kettlebell if he pers- if he kept talking to him. You know what's funny? <laughs> no, I had... Um, Tulsa King. I had a regular... Uh, partner that i would go to the gym with and you know it's kind of it's perfect because you get competitive i could do i could lift more in every every kind of um fuck is that true he could bench more than me but everything else they could do more weight yeah and we were going for high rep and we were we were constantly checking each other and like talking shit and it was competitive sure so form was a big part of that like dude your form is shit yeah then you know some people would want to come along with us and we would Hey, dude, um, that upright row you're doing, you're going to hurt your back. The, God, dude, the the fervor you would get from people when you're trying to correct them, mostly dudes working out, it's real. They'll just be like, shut the fuck up. Don't yeah. tell me how to, especially in public, don't tell me. I'm, I'm way on a tangent here. No, no, no. Anyway, I, I started it. I like it. Here's the thing. When I was working out at home, I didn't have an Olympic bench. Do you know the difference between the two? Go ahead and tell me if I, as if I didn't. An Olympic bench, they can hold a lot more weight, and usually the bars that you would prop your uh, the actual bar on, yeah, it's much wider. See, just like I told you, Rain. So you would fit your shoulders could fit under it, and you could actually get good form. Where on like the home shit that most people have, yeah, you'll notice that the bars usually kind of fit right around your head or something. Yep. So I'd have to pick it up and like reposition my hands to get, yeah, the proper placement. And uh, I may or may not have uh, dropped that bar on my chest several times at home alone. And I am still here to tell the tale. Well, it didn't fall on his chest. What? Where did it fall? I thought it was his neck. See, there's my... If you're under that bar correctly, it should not be falling on your neck. Also, I, I love how both of you live the same <laughs> life and very different lives at the same time. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We were also juggling the little baby. Yeah, but... Sure, blame the baby. <laughs> but also, this all happened off camera. Like, you just see it coming down. So, no, it, it should hit your chest. 
because you want it there. Like, I know I'm doing a visual thing. But what you do is you just roll off the bench. It doesn't kill you. Yeah. Go on YouTube. You can see a bunch it of It makes people. you stronger. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Anyway, this movie, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. It was not that good. Three stars. I was, I, <laughs> you had three star vibes. But you know, here's the thing, you know, maybe I should give it three and a half because the ending really did. It made me reconsider the whole film. Yeah. Um, but it just, it doesn't, it, you know what the problem is? It feels like the pilot TV show on Netflix. Like it's got that vibe. Like it's not very interestingly shot. Uh, the pacing is the same. Like it felt like we should have gotten more here. And of course, this is one of those movies when you Google it, the first thing comes up, the strays ending explained because it's the only interesting thing about the movie, really. Tight. It's a bummer. I really wanted her to kill the family. Asana, what do you think? Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat because I, I mean, we'd heard people talk about how like brutal this woman was and blah, blah, blah. And, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that end for sure. So I, I think I'm like, yeah, three, three and a half. All right. <laughs> there we go. Anything else? I don't know. I just want to tell you guys, I love doing the show. Have a good time. I think our product's pretty good. You know, I've been going back listening to the episodes. <laughs> I love the new theme. It only took seven years. Again, I, you know, I, I said this off air. Seven before. years. I think it's worth uh, revisiting, Randy. Congratulations! I really do like the new intro music uh, <laughs> that we've had for three years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, you can hear more of where that comes from at opinions.bandcamp.com. I just put a new song up there about five days ago. Uh, so yeah, go check that out. Five days. Also, shout out to the gross uncle. Uh, I think he's been on here three times. Yeah. He actually did the art. For the podcast. Uh, also, he actually, he did the first episode of this show. He did. Episode one. I believe that's um, the one that got a shadow band on all platforms. That's right. Anyway, he's got a new band out called The Denim Cobra. And yes, if you were thinking the denim devil meets gothic King Cobra, you are correct. And if you weren't <laughs> thinking either of those things, that means you're a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fantastic. If you like that, like British, British, if you like that, I don't know what the technical term is, because now that I've been kind of reimmersing myself in middle culture, I realize how out of touch I am. But I was kind of calling it a new wave of American metal. I don't know what you would say. It's kind of like Speedwolf or an Oakland band that I love. Saviors. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, K-pop. It's kind of like K-pop. Yeah, I love it. Uh, what do you what do the Koreans call the soda? Thank you, because Pop's already taken. We'll see you on Thursday. Big episode, great episode, but we can't say because we haven't recorded. So we'll see you then. If we don't, then we won't. And then you'll see us Tuesday. And then you'll wait, and then you'll wake up on Thursday, and you'll be like, oh, my God, the new episode. Where is it? And then you'll probably text Russell, and then he's like, I don't know. And then uh, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at the Overlook Theater. 
Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>